0: Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What is going on, gang? Hope you had a great long weekend. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily coming out of the weekend. A busy one for the Winnipeg Jets and lots to get to today on the program. Uh, This road trip out in New York City continues after Connor Hellebuck's brilliance last night, got the Jets a desperately needed two points in the win column. Mike McIntyre will join us from the Big Apple a little later on, and we'll break down the weekend, the uh, what happened in the third period against the New Jersey Devils. Some very interesting comments from Rick Bonus going into last night's game at MSG, and Connor Hellebuck putting the team on his back and willing his team to victory. Uh, well, obviously it'll be a big topic at the start of the program as well. A little later on, we'll also talk to, uh, well, actually before we get to Mike, we're going to head out to Buffalo, big game tonight, Leafs and Sabres. Uh, but we always love having Dave McCarthy on. We'll talk about that big trade with Ryan O'Reilly going from St. Louis to the Leafs on the weekend and some of the other scuttlebutt in and around the National Hockey League. It was L- Hockey League as we get closer to the March 3rd trade deadline. And Bomber fans, we haven't forgot about you. Guess who's back in the peg and back on WST? That's right, Kenny Lawler, the Bomber receiver who just signed his contract to return to Winnipeg last week, will join us as well a little bit later on in the program. Just before we get going, a big thanks to the sponsors that make this program happen each and every day, including Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Canadian Club, Coligan Water, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Consolidated Supply, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, and we'll get to a why not question of the day for not Autocorp over at Waverly and McGillivray as well. Michael Remus, what's going on? Has the chaos in your home subsided, and did you have a quiet and relaxing long weekend?
1: Quiet and relaxing, not quite us, but uh, it was was a very well-timed long weekend last week, very hectic at home, and... You know, my performance maybe not not the best on the show, but uh I'm happy here. We were counting down to the trade deadline two weeks, and we did also have some Jets uh you know, Jets win yesterday and you know, a couple games and the road trip will continue Wednesday. So um
0: Where was where was there more chaos? In your home last week or in the Jets own end?
1: In New York City over the course of the weekend. I'm sure you could make an argument for both. Probably the Jets on it. I mean, <laughs> fifty one shots on net. Um, not ideal. Not ideal for the Jets. So I mean they got the win. You gotta be I think people are feeling very conflicted on how to feel about that win. On one hand, you saw like an all time performance from a Vesna, you know, trophy winning goaltender. On the other hand, he gave up fifty one shots, so um, they needed the win very badly, and which is probably why they started him on back-to-back games, which they don't normally do, but uh, proved to be the right move uh, with a nice MSG performance there by Connor Hellebuck.
0: Well, no doubt about it. And listen, um, you know, I guess before we kind of get to the win last night on the back of 37, we have to talk about what happened in Jersey the night before. And that was a game where... I'm not sure we've seen as disappointed a Rick Bonus um, in a long time with his hockey club and the way they played and not just his hockey club in particular, some of his top players on the, t- on the team. I mean, that was absolutely self-inflicted in what happened in the third period against New Jersey. I mean, brutal turnovers, disastrous puck management, um, essentially the worst of the Winnipeg Jets uh, in an important game, an important time, an eminently winnable game. That Connor Hellebuck was playing very well in, but when you're turning the puck it over in your own end, behind your own net, um, and giving completely unadulterated slot shots, um, even Connor Hellebuck isn't going to save him. and that was exactly what had happened. And uh, you know, Remo, it's been fascinating, and we'll talk about this more with Mike. Something that I have been praising Rick Bonus for all season long has been his frankness after games in both wins and losses about the way the team has played and i'm not sure if you've noticed this but it it seems like you know uh, certainly after last night's game and even after the new jersey game right afterwards bones held back a little bit and i think that speaks to the grind that is an 82 game season and i think you as a head coach really have to kind of pick and choose your spots And it was clear that a number of players on this team had been struggling and they've gotten away from doing the things that have helped them win as many games as they've had this year. So I think bones took the night to sleep over it as opposed to, you know, going fire and brimstone after the meltdown in the third period against the New Jersey devils. But yesterday was very, very clear. Um, After speaking with his players when speaking to the media, of course, Mike McIntyre who'll join us traveling with the club, Ken Weeb on the road as well. That um, you know, if guys don't do what they're supposed to do, the only thing he can do is start sitting people on the pine for extended periods of time. And, you know, uh, certainly offensively, there was a um a rebound. I mean Kyle Connor was maybe the biggest culprit in the New Jersey third period as far as, you know, overhandling the puck and turning it over in terrible spots that ended up in goals. I mean, Mark Shifley, Adam Lowry also in the mix. And, you know, it was their top guys, Shifley, Connor, Dubois, all scoring last night in the win. Power play getting on the board as well, which was nice. Some revamped lines after, you know, a pretty strange grouping of lines in the game against New Jersey. Um, but the bottom line was they got a few goals, which was nice, but it was pretty clear who the best player wearing a Winnipeg Jet jersey was on the weekend. He was a net, Connor Hellebach, and uh, to your point, that was a big reason why I think Rick Bonus had the confidence and maybe the
1: need to go back with Helly last night. And man, did he pay his coach back. Oh, yeah, and look, you know, he went pretty, I don't want to say nuts, but he went he went hard pretty hard on them after that loss to the flyers and i don't think you can go to that you know card over and over again you know there's going to be ebbs and flows to a season you're going to lose games you're going to blow leads stuff stuff's going to happen and he's not going to you know do that after every game i think it was probably necessary at, at home you know after a loss to the flyers there but on the road against new jersey who's a pretty good team uh stuff's going to happen and you know we we can play his pregame clip Yesterday where he did say he's got to be better at getting these guys um ready to play but one you know one thing coming after that New Jersey game we had talked about their record it was 5 and 7 in the previous 12 um you know you were on the verge of a three game losing streak goal scoring hadn't been there i think they had it was 28 goals in those 12 games and um i don't have the number but i know the jets sent out in one of their notes last week that when they score three games they three goals um they don't lose and or they've lost like twice but uh, scoring goals had been the problem. You know, they tried shuffling the lines, and they shuffled them again, shuffled them back to what they were. And while, you know, they allowed a ton of shots against, they scored. They did something they hadn't done, you know, lately. They scored four goals uh, against the New York Rangers, who are a pretty damn good team. And it is funny how, you know, they beat the Rangers twice, who are red hot. I know it was a different team at the beginning of the year than now. And, you know, you lose to Columbus twice. I don't know. Everyone has that team. That's their kryptonite. The Leafs have leaves have their uh, coyotes when well, then they make the trade for O'Reilly we're going to talk about that later with Dave and then they lose to uh, Chicago right so um I don't know the season's weird but uh Rick Bonus did note us that he had to be better at getting these guys motivated and hey they scored they scored more than the other team uh, yesterday.
0: Well, listen. I thought it was a bounce back game for Kyle Connor, and I'm listening, Kyle Connor it, and the Jets as a team were running around in their own end for a good portion of the game. They didn't have the puck a lot. I think at one point the offensive zone time was about two to one for the New York Rangers. Um, and we'll hear a pretty hilarious quote from Connor Hellebuck that flies in the face of I think of reality. But hey, uh, if that's a routine night for Connor Hellebuck just put a routine win and move on to the next one. But let's hear that clip that you just mentioned. This was, this was bonus. As I mentioned, bones didn't go crazy after the game as disappointed as he was after uh, the the Jersey third period and what happened in losing that hockey game. Um, He basically did say that he liked a lot of parts of the game, but when you're turning the puck over the way that they did managing the puck the way they did, especially in the third period, you're not going to win. And that was exactly right. Uh, But Bones pregame yesterday said that he had to do a better job at engaging his players and getting them to work harder. This is what it sounded like.
2: I've got to do a better job getting these guys working harder for 60 minutes. The bottom line, who we play east, west, back to back, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I've got to do a better job. They can work harder for 60 minutes. And that's my job is to get that to happen. So that's the focal point.
3: I appreciate it kind of taking that on yourself, but how, how do you make players work harder? I mean, isn't that ultimately the players? Well, yeah,
2: you're going to have to start sitting some guys again. And we'll have to do that and then that's their fault. It's not the uh, coach picking on them and we talked about that this morning. I mean, if you're not going to do, do what we need you to do as hard as you can do it, then that's your decision and would, if we have to start taking some ice time away, then that's the only thing we have. Now, you hate to do it on back-to-back like we're doing, um, but if it comes to that, it's their fault. It won't be mine.
0: All right, so there's uh, there's Bones, um, and if it comes to that, it's going to be their fault. It won't be the coach picking on them, a very clear message to his hockey club, and listen, I, I don't want to... It's hard to overstate how brilliant Hunter Hellebuck was. The Jets also were playing on the 2nd the back back-to-back nights, which isn't easy against a team that had gotten home the night before. Um, and is a hell of a team in uh, in, in MSG, in the New York Rangers. Um, they were able to get that early goal. Um, they ended up getting it up to a 3-0 lead. And then, of course, the Rangers did finally score on a point-blank opportunity on a cross-crease pass that Hellebuck had pretty much no chance on. Um, but, Remus, we've seen in the past when that happens in games like that, that the roof can cave in on the Winnipeg Jets. And... But the combination of some some quality penalty killing at times, although I think the numbers would probably indicate that, you know, certainly the metrics with the amount of shots and where they came from wasn't exactly what they'd like to have. Uh, When you've got a goaltender playing the way he did, he held that team in the hockey game. And to your point, they finally scored some goals because goal scoring over this last little bit had been a real issue. And that's part of the reason why, Bones went to the very unconventional lines that we saw in the game against Jersey, which included Saku Manalainen playing on the top line when they dropped the puck.
1: Yeah, and like, I, I don't, maybe he was trying to send a, send a message. I, I'm not sure, Hus. but like, I don't think that's a situation you want to be in where he's on the top. And no offense to Saku, but I don't think he's exactly a top line player. And yeah, just looking back the last couple wins, I know they won in Seattle, but they only scored two goals. Columbus scored two goals. New Jersey, two goals. Um, so, I mean, it had been a stretch where they hadn't scored a lot of goals, and, you know, they were able to do that yesterday. Uh, the power play, as you mentioned, the Rangers went 0-4-4 on the penalty kill. Um, I mean, pretty impressive from the Jets, but, I mean, they were taking so many, so many shots. Like, you tweeted out about Hellebuck's, uh, performance, and then it was Mike Kelly, uh, NHL Network, who does stuff with Sport Logic, so he knows all the stats, saying Ellie faced 30 slot shots, which, um, is, seems quite quite high, um, 30, and he stopped 20 on of them. Both of them are league highs this season. So this was a game where the Jets allowed more sh- slot shots uh, than, any, than anyone else this season. So, I mean, that's not a sustainable performance for winning, but, I mean, look, the Oilers are going to have games where McDavid goes and carries them on his back. The Jets had a game last night where Hellbuck did it, and I think that's why you think, okay, if this team gets into the playoffs... And they're able, you know, they're able to find their game and play with the way we think they can play, or showed earlier this year. You have a goalie in Hellebuck who uh, who carried them, and you just, you know, if the Jets can be the '99 Buffalo Sabers, but with much more talent, you know, maybe maybe good things can happen.
4: Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Listen, I, I, I like the I like the comparison. I, I like the comparison. Well, certainly Hellebuck looked like. Uh, Dominic Hasek at times last night. Maybe not quite as acrobatic, but um certainly getting in the in the in the way of all the pucks. Now, um, I think because of what happened against New Jersey, the fact that it was a tough, you know, getting right back on it against a good team like New York, despite the fact that you know, every sheet whether you're looking at analytics, you're looking at just the straight shots, you're looking at quality chances, all of those things were dominated by the New York Rangers. I think Rick Bonus was pretty pleased last night, first and foremost with Connor Hellebuck, but also with the fact that they got that win because that was a huge, huge win. You know, we talked about how important that game was going into the break for the Rangers when Josh Morrissey put the team on his back and referred, that, referred to that as the Morrissey game. Well, this year, last night, was the Hellebuck game. And, um, you know, your best players at some point have to step up and you know, do something special. And that's exactly what he did last night. And um, let's hear from Bones uh, post-game last night on the win that broke that two-game losing streak and um, gives them an opportunity to come back at 500 if they can get another win tomorrow against the Islanders.
2: Listen, they're a a highly skilled team. There's three, four lines coming at you, and they're a high-shot-volume team, so we kind of expected it. Uh, We probably gave up a few extra shots than we needed to give up with our puck management, uh, which got us in some trouble. Uh, the four power penalty killers, uh, the four penalties we killed and did a good job. We gave up a lot of shots. We did, uh, listen, Helly was outstanding tonight. We needed that kind of performance to our goalie tonight. You talk about timely saves, there was a lot of them tonight, sure. and timely goals. So timely
0: saves and timely goals, no doubt about that. Certainly, I mean, one of the best parts about the game was getting something out of the power play, and, And it was interesting, you know, we saw a tweak to the power play. Blake Wheeler was off PP1. Nikolai Ehlers was on PP1. And the two units that were sort of half and half, if you will, in the New Jersey game were in the rearview mirror. Um, And once again, it was Josh Morrissey um, who's been such a huge part of the Jets' success this year, putting one on net, deflection by Pierre-Luc Dubois, and, um, and the team got on the board. And let's hear from Dubois, who was definitely impactful last night, Fortunately ended up in the box again, but uh, they were able to kill it off. He got a big goal, and his team got a big win. Here's what Dubois had to say on the game and, of course, on the guy between the pipes.
3: Hey, Luke, uh, you've probably seen a lot of great goaltending performances in your career. Where does that one rank from your goaltender tonight?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't that great. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, he, he uh, he's right there, so I don't want to talk too, uh, too good about him. But, I mean, he, uh, he makes... Tough saves look easy, and uh, sometimes when you're in the stands, you look and you're like, oh, that wasn't that great of a shot or that wasn't that great of a pass or whatever, but it was. It just, you know, he reads it so well, it's just an easy save. He doesn't have to reach out and make this spectacular save. It's just a routine save for him. So he was great for us tonight. I mean, a great could be an understatement. It is an understatement. Um, You know, a lot of boys in this league, he would have been been behind a lot. so yeah, it's, it's 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 great. It gives us a lot of confidence having back there for us.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> hey, I mean, it was just absolute brilliance from uh, from Connor Hellebuck last night. But maybe the line of the entire night was from Connor Hellebuck, who, in typical Hellebuck fashion, kind of downplayed how great he was last night. Sean Reynolds, our pal from Kenny and Rennie and Sportsnet. Asked him about the game last night, he had this zinger that I think had everyone laughing uh when he dropped it.
2: I got a good rhythm. Guys are letting me see Pucks there
5: battling on rebounds. So um, you know, it was a pretty routine night.
0: <laughs> pretty routine night, huh? Well, listen, when you won a Vesna trophy you've seen the amount of rubber over the last few years that Connor Hellibach has, unfortunately, maybe that was a little bit of a routine night, but um Remo, that was uh, a game that this team absolutely had to have. And uh, you've heard from the coach. You've heard from some of the players. You heard from Hellebuck himself. That was uh, two points that they will graciously take and move on and hopefully be much better tomorrow against the New York Islanders.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, he was he was pretty good. Hustling. So um, you take the two points, you go to the play the Islanders, who did win yesterday against Pittsburgh. And, you know, you can kind of salvage this road trip here, uh, two and two before heading home, and you have uh, a couple games against, well, the Islanders again, but also uh, Avalanche and the LA Kings, and I don't, I don't know if we want to get too much into next game, but they won't have Kale McCarr uh, Avalanche. We won't be seeing McCarr versus Morrissey, as we've seen advertised on the digital board ads for the last bit here. Uh, he's out in concussion protocol, so, I mean, sucks for him. Uh, he just got out of concussion protocol, and now back in. You don't want to see that, but um, for the Jets... Are uh, going to be easier, and we did mention I did tweet this out from the Winnipeg Sports Talk because someone mentioned it to us. we've been talking about. You know, just you don't see teams advertise head to head matchups like that in hockey, and the Jets have been doing it on the di- the digital board ads. Uh, they did Vasilevsky versus Hellebuck, McCar versus Morrissey, and I, I think we can say the Jets promotional jinx is real. Vasilevsky <laughs> didn't start. Now McCar out with injury, so we'll we'll have our eye on the next one. I, I'm trying to think what's going to be if they want to do McDavid. Uh, in March, uh, yeah, I mean, those sure.
0: back-to-back games. Yeah. Put up slightly versus McDavid. Maybe McDavid yeah. can
1: sit out the <laughs> trip to Winnipeg
0: for, uh, for that game. Um, all in all though, um, I mean, just a massive, massive two points. I can't imagine what the mood would have be it would be like in the chat today. If, uh, If the Jets, you know, had lost the first three games on this road trip and were going in to take on the Islanders. And listen, that Islander team tomorrow, we'll focus more on that game, um, you know, tomorrow. And we'll talk about it coming up with Mike. It's a desperate hockey team right now. I mean, they sit, I guess, technically in a playoff spot. But they've played 60 hockey games, as have the Florida Panthers. The Penguins have played 56 or 56 and they're just two back of the Islanders. The Capitals have played 58 and they're three back of the Islanders. And let's not forget about the Buffalo Sabres who are five back of New York but have six games in hand, one of those tonight in uh, at home against the Leafs and we're going to head there and talk to Dave McCarthy in just a few minutes right now. And of course the Jets play the Islanders tomorrow have that home game against the Avalanche, and then a Sunday afternoon game against those same Islanders as every point so important right now. And just in the meantime, when we're talking about the Central Division, um, the Dallas Stars have been experts at getting a point, but that's it as of late. Three, two, and five in their last ten. Now, their streak says they've lost four in a row, um, but more often than not, they've been getting a point. So they still do hang on to first place, one point, uh, one point ahead of the Winnipeg Jets. But don't look now. Here come the Colorado Avalanche. Five back of Dallas, four back of Winnipeg with two games in hand. And, you know, that will make that game Friday night here in Winnipeg at Canada Life Center, an absolutely monster one within the Central Division. Um, But we'll get to more of this coming up with Mike McIntyre in a few minutes. Interested uh, to hear from Mike on the trip so far, Um, you know, before and after the game with Rick Bonus. How Bones has maybe handled things a little differently on this road trip as the team has struggled heading into last night. Um, And, of course, a look ahead to another big game as the team will try to salvage a 500 road trip if they can get a win against the New York Islanders along with their newest acquisition, Bo Horvat. All right, uh, Dave McCarthy in Buffalo. Going to head a little bit around the National Hockey League coming up right away. Um, Before we do that, do you have to give a big shout out to our friends at Consolidated Supply. Um, Winnipeg Walter, by the way, I'm going to be in touch very shortly about your Bomber season tickets from the big... Victory in the Consolidated Supply Marbles Tournament of Champions we did in December. Uh, and speaking of bomber fans, stay tuned because Kenny Lawler's coming up a little bit later on on the program. Uh, of course, looking ahead to the season, if you're thinking about irrigation, artificial turf, and more, Consolidated Supplies with you uh, is ready for you. And if you are thinking about maybe a nice project in the backyard, putting in a beautiful outdoor kitchen expanding that living area or a spa or a hot tub consolidated supply has it all pop down and see joe and the gang spicy gino for all of your needs in all of those categories including golf carts by the way if you want to get one tricked out for the summer um 1395 niacqua road east and you can check out their fully revamped website over at cte.ca uh getting cold again folks and uh, if you're in the need for a battery for your car, your truck, or even that summer toy you're working on, Manitoba Battery is the most convenient and well-priced option in the city. How convenient, you ask? Well, you can put the order in now or in or around lunchtime today and having it sit on your doorstep two to four hours later for less money that you'd spend anywhere else in Winnipeg on the same battery. It's that simple. Order a battery today before one thirty or so, and have it on your doorstep in the city before the end of the workday. They're basically the Amazon of batteries here in Winnipeg. No no, No fighting for a parking spot at Costco. No waiting in line at Canadian Tire. No spending more money on a battery at the big box stores. Just let Manitoba Battery bring the battery to you while you spend time on more important things. Spend the two minutes, either make the phone call or order online at manitobabattery.com. Let Manitoba Battery help you save money, save time, and simplify your life. Of course, it's heart month, folks. February, crucial to support this vital organ with omega-3 fatty acids And Vita Health is there with not only some great products for Heart Month, but also natural organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too. Uh, You can supplement your diet for Heart Month with RX Omega-3 Fish Oil by Natural Factors. It helps support cardiovascular health, cognitive function, eye health, and helps with joint pain and flexibility and it's on sale today at Vita Health. If you can't make it down to any of the 7 Vita Health stores, visit their website to buy online, schedule a delivery or in-store pickup. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives, 7 Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. And just before we get to Dave McCarthy in Buffalo, a big congratulations to our latest Winnipeg Sports Talk Unsung Hero winner with Wallace and Wallace. The uh, shout-out to David Sapansky, who was the WST listener who nominated Pam Barkowski for the Unsung Hero Award. And here's a little bit of David's nomination. I'd like to make my physiotherapist Pam Barkowski true gem of a human being One of those people you look at and think, wow, is she so selfless. Full-time physiotherapist who on her off-time actually volunteers at homeless shelters to offer them free physiotherapy. And uh, also has to deal with some individuals that uh, have not been in this situation before, uh, but handles it incredibly. Now, she's got three kids of her own. Each of them plays multiple sports and volunteers to coach multiple sports for all of her kids. And I can't overstate how she makes each interaction completely focused on your needs. Always remember small details about your life and what's going on in addition to everything she's doing in the community. Pam, congratulations. We're going to get an autographed Josh Morrissey jersey for you as our January unsung hero. And uh, David Wallace and Wallace is going to make a $500 donation to the Dream Factory in your name and Josh and Margot Morrissey are gonna match that as well. Send us your nominations for a February Unsung Hero for that person going an extra mile to help others in the community at unsung hero at Winnipeg And thanks again to Wallace and Wallace and Josh Morrissey for their great support of this program. All right. Mike McIntyre in NYC coming up in a few minutes. but Let's go to upstate New York right now and talk about the big trade on the weekend and everything else happening around the National Hockey League with our pal Dave McCarthy from NHL.com.
4: Dave, what's up? How are you? I'm great, Huster. Always good to be talking to you from America. I know you're you're very disappointed that you're not getting any of the, the beauty and the aesthetic of the estate behind me today, but best I can do is offer you the lovely scenery. Of uh, uh, a building that I think gets renamed on a daily basis. And so nowadays they're calling it the KeyBank Center. KeyBank Center. They should just call it the uh, the Buffalo Wing
0: Arena or something like that. People would never ever forget it. Hey, um, interesting game tonight. Obviously, big move made by the Leafs. Before that, though, did you did you catch any of the
4: Connor Hellebuck show last night at MSG? Wow. Oh, if uh, Connor stops the puck like that, the Jets are going to be okay now. Probably are going to want to ask him to stop the puck quite that frequently every night. Um, but that being said, it's a good sign to see Connor Halibut really playing, uh, you know, I would say a really fair, you know, top five goalie form in the NHL this year. Uh, he's, he's probably got to be in the mix, I would think, for a best nomination at least. Uh, he's been really, really good. And, and he's a central, central figure of the Jets team, like part of how they built their team is on the proviso that their goaltending is not just average, but but very good to excellent and if not elite at times. And if they get that kind of goaltending, they're they're going to be in really good shape.
0: Well, I mean, obviously everything that's going on in Boston, they might sweep everything this year when it comes to postseason awards with the regular season they're having. However, if you were sitting on a Connor Hellebuck uh, Vesna trophy ticket last night, um, putting up 50 head-to-head against Shesterkin, probably not a bad way to boost the odds on uh, on that one going forward um Dave, we'll, we'll talk about more of the jets and the deadline in a minute but uh you're of course there in buffalo uh, leafs and sabers going at it tonight and the big news coming out of the weekend was kyle dubas pulling the trigger on the ryan o'reilly trade um this was a big swing for kyle dubas and i think it speaks to the level of urgency for the leafs this season as well as the level of urgency for the general manager what did you think about the trade
6: I thought it was exactly what the Leafs needed. I had been saying for a month or so, people have been saying, "Ah, you know what? You got to get Jonathan Taves, who's now not going to be traded, or you know somebody of that ilk, Patrick Kane." I said, "No, no, no. The Leafs need Leafs need at least two forwards." So that led me to look to um, a team that had forwards available, where the money is a little bit more manageable, right? And that led me to St. Louis. Ryan O'Reilly gives you everything that Jonathan Taves at his best would give you. um, But he didn't cost as much money. And I'd argue, I mean, based on the way he's been playing this year, um, you know, O'Reilly hasn't had the best deal, uh, best years so far. But um, I I think he's a guy that is going to be able to raise his game at this time of the year. He was injured a little bit, but it was a broken foot. It heals. He's fine now. Um, So you get him. He provides versatility up the middle of the ice. Now John Tavares moves over, so that was the thing, right? You got to get a winger. Well, maybe they got a winger by getting a center, and now you've got more depth up the middle of the ice. Um, if somebody gets injured, don't say it can't happen. John Tavares game one couple of years ago gets injured, and that swung the tide in the in the in the Montreal series because it was Austin Matthews, and then uh, oh oh down the middle of the ice, right? So not nearly good enough. Now you've got. O'Reilly you've got Matthews you've got camp who's a, a good defensive center you've got Tavares who's now playing the wing then you go out and you bring in Nola Chari which is a guy that also can play up the middle of the ice can play the wing so you got versatility there and he's he's a guy that impacts the game even when he doesn't score so that's what I needed to see on the fourth line you looked at the bottom six a couple of weeks ago not nearly good enough to compete against Tampa, who you know they're going to play in the first round. You bring in Achari, suddenly you got a fourth line of Asteris, Achari, Kerfoot. I mean, that's a nationally caliber fourth line. You're not filling that up with a bunch of kids where you're hoping every night. So uh, really, really good trade, I think, on the part of the Maple Leafs. I don't know if it, it suggests that Kyle Dubas is feeling the pressure himself, He's, he's suggesting that it's not operating how he manages the fact that he is on an expiring contract. But I think what the, the deal does say is, you're right, Hustler, it is win now for Toronto. I don't think they gave up all that much. They gave up a first, second, third, fourth, and Mikhail Abramov. None of that is helping you within three years. None of it. Zero. And it's about winning in the next year or two or three. So... Um, yeah, I think you have to cash your chips to make your team the best that it can be right now, when you are in the best opportunity to win. So I think the deal was was a home run. Now we'll ultimately uh, we'll see how it plays out. Revisit it once the the playoffs are said and done.
0: I got to say this: I don't mind the return at all for St. Louis. I mean, considering where they're at right now, um, the step back that they've taken this year, the long odds to even get in the S- sniff of a playoff spot. Um, I understand why they're making these moves, and they essentially get an entire draft class from yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs in an incredibly stocked draft. What's fascinating, though, and, you know, you hear a number of people talking, the Blues aren't really looking for a long-term rebuild. And, you know, with the draft capital that they have, three first-round picks in this draft, um, the St. Louis Blues have quite a bit of options, not only in the offseason but potentially even at the deadline themselves to completely reshape the look of their team going forward. Correct.
6: No, that's exactly right. It's not necessarily about three years down the line uh, for St. Louis. They can turn some of those assets that they do have into players that can help them next year because the playoffs are not happening this year in St. Louis. That's over with. But um, absolutely, you you take a couple of first-round picks, then suddenly you're in the business of talking about guys like Timo Meyer. Um, and they've got money coming off the books in St. Louis this year as well. With O'Reilly having left, uh, Tarasenko is moving on now. So they've got not just the the um, the capital uh, from a, a uh, draft pick standpoint, um, you know, prospects, all that, but they've got financial capital now in cap space where they could go out, get a guy like Timo Meyer via trade and then have the money left to sign them long-term next year. So St. Louis is going to be a really fascinating team to watch, I think, over the next, you know, certainly in 10 days, but then throughout the summertime as well.
0: Well, and listen, Timo Meyers, a guy that we talk about every day on the program here. New Jersey's been involved in it. We do hear those two teams, Winnipeg and New Jersey, both with, you know, a, a real desire maybe to grab an impact player like that. I, you know, depending on who you talk to, I'm not sure the Winnipeg Jets would do that without... Maybe getting into some extension talk, that might be difficult to pull off. But it, just from a from a market perspective, Dave, Um, you know we've seen what the cost was for Bo Horvat. We've seen the O'Reilly trade. How um, where do what do you make of the bidding war that I think we really will see? And I guess it's a good time to be Mike Greer with an asset like Timo Meyer heading into this deadline.
6: Well, I think he will return a significant crop to san jose and the price should be high the price the ask should be really high for san jose um for a number of reasons one look how he's played this year uh that's 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 the first issue you want a guy who's playing well he has done so um he's not an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year either he's due a pretty rich qualifying offer of 10 but you can work out a long-term deal with a guy, bring that down maybe a little bit. So you've got control there as well. So for those two reasons, the price absolutely should be high. Um, they should not be giving Mike Greer away, or uh, Mike Greer should not be giving Timo Meyer away to do anybody a favor. Um, so I think he's going to get a lot, and it, it should put San Jose in a position to start to turn their team around because they're they're really still in an odd position, I think, Hustler. It's they're still kind of in teardown mode before they even can really start to think about building back up again. They still have contracts like, uh, Mark Edward Velasic a lot of years left, a lot of money, not nearly as good as he was when that deal was signed. What is happening with Eric Carlson? Could there be a market there? Um, you want to talk about guy playing well, he's done that. Uh, fact there is he's a little bit older. Obviously he's got a bit of an injury history. He's got four years left at 11. um, uh, would San Jose want to eat a significant amount of money for four years? I mean, that'll drive the price up a little bit uh, as well. But in saying that, if you could get a guy like Eric Carlson um, at, let's say, six and a half for four years, if you could get you know that much money of his salary eaten, like just today, if I made Eric Carlson an unrestricted free agent right now, How many teams would be willing to sign him for four years and say six and a half, seven, probably about 30 of them. That's exactly right. So, which is to say no deal is untradeable.
0: Yeah. Well, and listen, it's been fascinating to see the comeback that Eric Carlson's had this year. I mean, he's been absolutely brilliant. He could be a huge difference maker for a team looking to get over the top of the playoffs, but you can't just focus in on the bubble of this year when you're talking about cap management and, that is obviously very difficult to make in. Another guy making a lot of money that is certainly, we've heard plenty of trade rumors, is Pat Kane. And uh, for everyone that thought that he checked out on the Blackhawks earlier last week, we saw, uh, well, the Leafs saw firsthand that um, <laughs> that may have been a little bit premature. Um, what do you see from Kane on the weekend? And what do you make of the Blackhawks situation of trading one of their all time great players? That, oh, by the way, has $10.5 million and is, you know, we'll have to take a bunch and there's only teams that can actually handle it. Oh, and he's got a no trade.
6: Right. So he really controls where he goes. He wanted to go to New York. Well, they went with Vladimir Tarasenko. Seemed like he had interest in coming to Toronto. Well, they've gone with Ryan O'Reilly, and I don't know if the Leafs would have. I mean, if they bring in Patrick Kane, yes, they got to get a lot of money eaten, and they'll probably have to move money out. Uh, guys off the roster. So I don't think the Leafs are an option any longer. So he really controls the prize. He can go to Kyle Davis and say, well, I'm going to go here, and that's it. Kind of like, to an extent, Claude Giroux did last year with Philadelphia, where he came down to Colorado or Florida, and he essentially said, well, I'm going to go to Florida, and that's where I'm going to wait. So there's that. Um, he had a good effort on Sunday for sure. But I have to tell you, Husser, I'd be leery. I would be leery about getting Patrick Kane just because this is not the guy that he was even like last year. He was still really good. I haven't seen, um, much from this guy that excites me this year. number of things. One, they're horrendous in Chicago. This is a guy that is used to, uh, being a, a, Competitive player, a contending team every year of his career. So that's got to suck some of the life out of you um, a little bit. But there's also this nagging thing about the hip injury. And um, if I'm not sure and I don't have certainty on his health status, um, I would be leery because the last thing you want to do is go out and get a guy that you think is your last piece that'll help you in a Stanley Cup playoff run. And then he gets to the point where he either simply cannot play due to injury, or is not nearly the player that you think you're getting. Um, plus the gymnastics you got to do with the cap and and all of the money uh, to get that fit in. Um, yeah, I, I just I wouldn't be interested. It's it seems weird to say, but I it would not be
0: something that I'd go to. It's funny you mention the cap gymnastics because the Edmonton Oilers are seemingly in and involved in rumors amongst. Patrick Kane, Eric Carlson. I mean, guys making eight figures and they are in a money in and money out situation right now. I know you talked to Gregor on the brunch on the weekend. What are you hearing about Ken Holland in Edmonton and um, the moves that he may try to make as we get closer to the 3rd of March?
6: Well, I think they're they're looking, in, you know, for a forward, and I think they're probably looking for a defenseman right now, and you know, that's not really splitting the atom. There's probably a lot of teams that could use that, but if they could bring in a legit top six forward, probably a winger. Uh, that would go a long way just to solidify their lineup. you can bump some guys down the lineup, a guy like maybe Klim and goes down the lineup a little bit. Um, you know, maybe you get an upgrade on a guy like yes, Pooley RV. If he becomes somebody that gets involved in a trade, um, it just re slots the look of your lineup. When you can bring in a top six guy based on what you're getting out of that guy. And then where it pushes the guy who was playing that role now in your lineup down in better position. Right. Um, Defense, like I think they could use a guy. I'm interested to see if if Ken Holland has determined that he's uh, happy enough with Vincent Desharnais, who they've called up. Not exactly a kid in his mid twenties, but has played really well and has been uh, been really well received in Edmonton for the job that he's done. Not a flashy player, but they don't want flash. On, on the back end of that role. They want a simple, straight-ahead guy that can play 12 to 15 reliable minutes a night, uh, be a little mean and nasty every now and again, um, and kill some penalties. And, and he's played that role. He's played it well. Do you want a guy with more experience, or are you happy with, with what you have in Vincent DeHernay? That's a question that Kenny Holland's going to have to ask himself. Um, and if he arrives at the answer being, yes, he is happy, well, then he's got a little bit more flexibility uh, maybe to attack up front.
0: You know, we've seen how um, how incredibly competitive the East is, and the Met in particular. Tarasenko's gone to the Rangers. Horvat has gone to the Islanders. What do the New Jersey Devils do, considering the great season that they've had and how they're right in the middle of um, a group of basically the Cup contenders in the East?
6: Yeah, I wouldn't get crazy. Like, I wouldn't mortgage uh, future prospects or picks for rentals at this point. You know, if you can bring in a veteran to help solidify an area that plays down your lineup and it costs maybe a third or a fourth round pick, whatever, a second round pick, I wouldn't be against that. But I'm talking like blue chip prospects, first round picks, not the year to do that in New Jersey this year. Why? Because this is really the um, genesis of their winning window beginning to open um they to me to to use an example that i'm familiar with i'll get crapped on because it's a leaf example but they remind me of the the 16 17 maple leafs when they had matthews and marner and nylander and connor brown and zach hyman and all those guys in the lineup for the first time and they they You know, they weren't as good as New Jersey has been this year, but they kicked and clawed and they found their way into the playoffs. And you know what? Damn, that was a hell of a successful season because nobody was expecting that. Um, Did they have higher expectations than that in New Jersey this year? Maybe. They probably said. They probably came into the year um, hoping to be in the mix for a playoff spot. But given the way it had gone in New Jersey for the last number of years, far from a guarantee. So now I think what you're going to get if you're Tom Fitzgerald is an opportunity to glean more information um, in terms of what your young players are all about when the games matter most and um, into the playoffs. Um, And then you'll get that ability to put to work in the off season to figure out where your holes are that you need to address. Now, and having said all that, Timo Meyer would look good on their team. I could I could tell you that today. I don't need to see any more information though, that he would fit in good on that team. And the reason I would be in favor of them going out and getting a guy like Timo Meyer is because he is not a rental. He is controllable, and you'd have to think they would work out a long term deal. And if they could add him to the mix, uh, that puts them in a in a different class. But um, they've got a lot of years left to contend. There's more coming as well in New Jersey in terms of prospects that have yet to get to the NHL level. So uh, it's, it's a good time to be a Devils fan. Uh, it's going to be tough this year in the playoffs because there's, there's Boston, there's Tampa, there's Toronto, there's the Rangers, there's Carolina. It's five really good teams before I even get to New Jersey. It's not going to be easy. But this is really white, right when the window is is beginning
0: to open. No, it's a great point. And speaking of a window beginning to open, the team you're going to be seeing playing the uh, Leafs tonight, the Buffalo Sabers. Like you look at the standings right now, Dave, and they seem to be almost out of it. But then you look at their games played, and they have games in hand on everybody ahead of them. Um, I know you've got
6: hundred games in hand. It's
0: unbelievable. <laughs> it really is nuts. I mean. They've got a lot of talent on that team. I guess we're going to see Tage Thompson and O'Reilly go head-to-head. That'll be interesting tonight. Mm-hmm. But I know you've been kicking around there this morning and talking to some of the other Buffalo media. Um, Kevin Adams has kind of surprised me, certainly, with the job that he's done so far. I mean, what's the scuttlebutt in and around the Sabres? Do they add right now, or is that a little too premature for where they are as a franchise?
6: Yeah, I think same thing, right? You don't go and, and cash in major prospects or anything like that. But if, if there's a, uh, an area in which Kevin Adams feels could help to be solidified, maybe down the lineup, bring in a, a guy with maybe some playoff acumen, some playoff experience, although they have some of that on this, this team as well with guys like Alex Tuck, who I was talking to uh, this morning and just getting his feel on, on what he's seen. And he said he's really excited because um, this really does feel like, like uh, the ground floor of what is going to be a uh, continual climb up the standings over the next number of years um, as some other teams in the division, like Boston are getting older, like you know, Toronto have some contractual questions over the next couple of seasons. They see a path toward uh, continual contention in the Atlantic division. So again, I think they're going to get an opportunity to, to learn about their young players and, um, and if they feel they could they could augment some areas, I, I could see them doing that, rewarding the group for putting themselves in this position. I don't expect them to swing for the fences by any stretch of the imagination, but it's going to be interesting. They got a real tough schedule coming up here uh, in advance of the deadline. Um, that is going to be a test. But if they can make hay, and a couple of the teams that they are playing, Washington is one of the teams that they will play and that they are trying to catch in the standings you know it's going to get really interesting uh, and then when you add in the games in hand that they have right now i think they've got six games in hand on one of the teams in the Wildcats. yeah on position. the islanders
0: and on the and islanders. florida they've got both of those teams have played 60 games and buffalo's played 54 um that's and they're 12 only four points. and five points back of those teams exactly i mean there's seven so, there's six above 500 pittsburgh's seven above 500 that's better than than new york than florida than washington So if they can win more than their fair share of these games in hand, they actually could be in a playoff spot right now. And I know that even if they
6: go 500 in their games in hand, they'll catch. Yeah. Right. Six points back, 12 games or uh, 12 available points in hand. Just got to go 500 in your games in hand. And if you can get crazy, you know, beat the teams that are, are right ahead of you head to head when you play them. Buffalo's in a really good position right now.
0: Well, I know Buffalo is going to be cheering for the jets to get a win in uh, on long Island against the Islanders. Then the Islanders are back here on Sunday afternoon, a very quick two gamer uh, with the avalanche sandwiched in the middle quickly before we go, I just mentioned the Colorado avalanche. They're sort of turning into that club. We've expected all year long. Gabe Landisog skating right now. Um, how aggressive do you think Joe Sakik might be when we get to the deadline or, are they just need to get healthy and uh, see if they can do it again?
6: I think aggressive in the sense that he won't hesitate to make a move that he feels he needs to make to improve the team because it's about this year. You know, same thing in uh, in, in other teams that we've talked about. Toronto, it's about this year. So you don't worry about that, that extra second-round pick if that's a deal-breaker in 2025. The hell with that. It's about this year. The good thing for the Avalanche, though, is um they just need to get healthy and then once they do a lot of their guys won't have a ton of mileage on them by the time the playoffs roll around they too have a lot of games in hand incidentally on teams above them in the standings i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they win the central by the time it's all said and done but um where i see them uh operating is is down the lineup can they can they get guys like um you know maybe somebody to replace a burakovsky who la- who left last year that played a really really good role uh in their lineup can they bring in another guy um you know like they did with with leckin or cogliano just someone else down the lineup to to really fill things out there and uh, i think they could look for some depth on d they've they've got Uh, injury issues that have been a problem there for most of the year. Bowen Byram has played well when he's available, tends to be unavailable, though, at times. Um, Kale McCarr out again tonight after he got banged in the head again, after getting back, after getting banged in the head. So that's not a good situation. Uh, I think they could use an extra uh, depth defenseman there. Um, but I, I think Colorado still is the team to beat in the West by the time it's all said and done. I really do.
0: Yeah. I can't really disagree with you on that. Colorado's uh, four back of the jets with two games in hand, five back of the stars with two games in hand. And, uh, they have been coming for a while. It's going to be a great stretch run in the central division. Dave, thanks so much for doing this. Enjoy the game tonight. And, uh, let's catch up right around the deadline. We always love having you on Winnipeg sports talk.
6: Sounds good. I'm really looking forward to the game tonight, Huster, because we will finally get an answer to the age old question that has existed in these parts for many years. Who won the Ryan O'Reilly, Tage Thompson trade.
0: (laughs) I have a feeling the Buffalo Sabres fans will be uh, heavily supporting the home team on that one. Enjoy this one tonight, Dave. Thanks for doing this. All right. Good stuff with Dave McCarthy. One of our faves and, uh, going to focus back in on the Winnipeg Jets with Mike McIntyre in NYC in just a second. Before we do that, big shout out to our friends at Royal Sports. MC Stormy, fellow Chiefs fans, the Super Bowl championship gear is in. Always first at Royal Sports, Winnipeg's number one sports superstore. Pop down there, cop it, and while you're there, check out the thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise. Tons of exclusive bomber gear. NBA, NFL, CFL, NHL, Major League Baseball merchandise with the Blue Jays season just around the corner. They've got it all at Royal Sports. And hey, for those of you Maybe with a little family spring break trip coming up, you're going to be heading the hills. Number one snowboard shop in Winnipeg as well. And, of course, they've got the biggest hockey selection around with the experts to help you get the right equipment, stick, or whatever you need down at Royal Sports. Pop by and see them, 750 Pemina Highway, and follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Um, The guys at F Apparel are definitely ready to get you looking great for the spring and summer and all those big events you've got coming up. Custom suits starting at just $400, guys. Not to mention custom shirts, both tucked and untucked chinos golf pants and more and the best selection of men's accessories around and fellas if you're in a wedding party coming up this year talk to the experts at f about custom suits for the whole wedding party you'll be able to wear them far beyond the big day and you'll save 15 percent on the entire purchase for everyone when the wedding party gets their suits For the big day at f apparel and if you've got a 2023 grad in the family getting ready for their big day to move on from high school to the next chapter of life young man's gonna need a suit you get a custom suit at f apparel it will come with a free custom shirt and tie savings of about 150 bucks pop out and see him in person at 190 smith street downtown or get online, find out more at F Apparel, or make an appointment to pop in and see him at F. That's E P H Apparel.com. Um, had a great night with the fellas last night at our local Boston Pizza, watching the Connor Hellebuck show against the New York Rangers. No better place to get together with the gang to watch the Jets on the big screen with big sound. And, of course, fun pick a player contests at your local Boston Pizza as well. And, heck, if it's a little too cold to get outside, you can get the great taste of BP by ordering online at bostonpizza.com. All right. To the Big Apple we go and welcome in Mike McIntyre on the road covering the Jets for the Winnipeg Free Press. Mike, how's uh, NYC treating you? It's pretty good, Uh I love the
3: backdrop that Remus has put that's a picture I took the other night it's not nighttime here in New York um but uh, the freaks come out at night I can tell you that <laughs> walking walking around Times Square my goodness um actually I was just walking back from lunch here back to my hotel which is near Times Square I saw a huge rat uh walking down the street as well kind of minding his own business um no, it wasn't Brad Marchand. Uh, so I'll save I'll save everyone the obvious jokes there. But uh, so you see a little bit of everything when you walk around. And of course, the beauty of this trip, Haas, is uh, I've been able to hunker down here uh, in the Big Apple for several days now. I got here on Friday morning from Columbus after covering Thursday's game in Ohio, and uh, you know, lots of work, working hard, of course, but also get to uh, mix in some some play as well. And uh, went and saw a, a Broadway show on Friday night. Going to go see another one tonight. I'm um, going to go for a walk to central park once we're done here today. Uh, and yeah, it's it's been great. Um, some very interesting hockey, of course, as well uh, <laughs> to, to add
0: to the mix. Aren't you guys cultured? That's wonderful. Getting the full NYC experience. Um, well, listen, let's get to it because there's a lot to dissect from uh, the weekend. Of course, the, I mean, the road trip didn't start well. Certainly, from a result standpoint, I mean, they put a ton of rubber on uh, Koskinen or the uh, or Corpus Allo, excuse me, in Columbus, but didn't get the result. And you know, had a lead going into the third period, and served up one of the worst 20-minute stances in a long, long time. And uh, first of all, I mean, maybe we can talk about how it was some of the most important and talented players on the Winnipeg Jets seemingly managing the puck as poorly as we've seen in a long time that left their goaltender out to the dry. but also Mike, I'm interested in what you heard from Rick Bonus after that game in New Jersey because it sort of seemed like he held back um you know we've seen that happen before and Bones has been very straightforward in calling out his team and it was quite clear he was disappointed. he said that it was self-inflicted. But he held back a little bit and saved it for the next day. Um, but let's start off with the Jersey game and what happened in that third period. Well,
3: uh, you've summed it up really well, Haas. The the Winnipeg's best players were terrible. Like, I- I'm a huge Pierre-Luc Dubois fan. I love what PLD uh, brings. on. do Usually on a nightly basis, I've, I've said many times before, his give a crap meter is always kind of dialed sky high, uh, but it was it was running on empty, and he wasn't the only one. I, I thought that was Pierre-Luc Dubois' worst game of the year against the Devils. I, I mean, he's 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 frustrated. Clearly, he's taking penalties, and you you can live with the PLD penalties if they come from. The hard nosed way that he plays, Uh, because as we know, he he actually draws as many, if not more, than he takes when he's playing the kind of hockey that we are accustomed to seeing. But but we didn't see that on Sunday, and uh, we didn't see enough from a lot of the Jets' big players. Um, You know, the power play has gone ice cold. Um, At least it had until they they got a big goal last night. But you know, and a lot of that is because the top players are just not producing. This team isn't scoring enough. And not to put it all on the top guys, because they're getting almost no bottom six scoring at all. Um, So that does put added pressure on your top guys, and they've kind of wilted under that pressure, at least they had for those few games where they kind of stumbled. And you're right, Rick Bonus kind of bit his tongue a bit. Um, You know, we saw some interesting ice time when you looked at the totals, though, on Sunday, I don't know that he was biting his tongue behind the scenes, uh, because, for example, Pierre-Luc Dubois only played like just over 14 minutes. It's clear that Rick Bonus didn't like what he was seeing, and he adjusted ice time accordingly. Um, even Nikolai Ehlers, who I think at times Rick Bonus hasn't liked some of the things Nikolai Ehlers, you know, the East-West type stuff that he's doing. Uh, and some of the turnovers and that. Um, so, I mean, he, his ice time was way down. And then yesterday, you're right, I before the game against the Rangers, Rick Bonus kind of came out with both guns ablazing, and it started innocently enough. I don't know if folks heard the exchange, but, you know, I asked Rick about the challenge of kind of trying to bounce back against an elite Rangers team one night after whatever that was in New Jersey. And... Rick Bonus started off by kind of pointing the finger at himself, which I thought was interesting. He said, I've got to do a better job getting these guys working harder for 60 minutes. Okay, fine. So I then followed up and said to Rick Bonus, I appreciate you kind of pointing the finger at yourself, but how do you, the coach, how do you make your players work harder? How can you do that? Um, Shouldn't that kind of be on them? And then he says, well, I'm going to have to start sitting some guys. We'll have to do that. Then it's their fault. It's not the coach picking on them. And he revealed that they had had a a chat in the morning. And he said, quote, if you're not going to do what we need you to do as hard as you can do it, then that's your decision. If we have to start taking ice time away, that's the only thing we have. Um, it then it's their fault it won't be mine that was <laughs> that was a pretty um profound and clear message from the coach and all eyes then turn on what would the jets do how would they respond to kind of getting called out and again Rick Bonus has said when he says something kind of cutting publicly you can bet that he's said that and then some, to his players' faces. He's not using the media to send messages. He's relaying messages through the media, but he's telling his players. So you can only imagine maybe some of those difficult conversations that were had yesterday. And the Jets came out and got absolutely annihilated on the shot clock, but they certainly found some timely goals, and it was their big guns, uh, Haas, the guys that Rick – Bonus was probably referring to Mark Scheifele scores twice. Kyle Connor scores. Pierre Luc Dubois opens the scoring. Um, You know, Nikolai Ehlers has an assist. Um, Josh Morrissey has two assists. And Connor Hellebach, who would never be the subject of Rick Bonus's criticism, uh, absolutely you know swoops in like a superhero and saves the day. So I don't want to say the Jets responded exactly like Rick Bonus was hoping because I think there was still a lot of that game last night that leaves you wanting, but the bottom line is on a night they needed something good to happen. They got it. And, you know, they'll take the two points and move on.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned some of the guys that came up with big performances in the offensive zone and made the most of what chances the Winnipeg Jets did. And Kyle Connors at the top of that list. I thought yeah. he had much more jump in that game and, you Frankly, he had to. Um, you know, when you think about the uh, listen, when the Jets aren't going well, Mike, and Rick Bonus says it all the time, and it's evidently clear to anyone paying attention to this game, is that their puck management turns into a disaster. I mean, they're essentially handling the puck like a hand grenade with the pin pulled in their own end sometimes. And, I mean, Connor, in the game against New Jersey, which I think the, this was the play that led to the winning goal, if it wasn't yes. the tying goal... With the puck behind the net, with plenty of time, stick handling, I mean, essentially just playing somewhat laissez-faire, and it absolutely burnt them. And you could tell inside, Bonus was seething about that because it was completely unnecessary. And if they do the little things that they normally, and have done pretty well for the most part this season, you're not in that situation. Um, And listen, no one expects Kyle Connor to be up for the Selkie Trophy anytime soon. But I really did think that right from the get go yesterday, he had jump and that was exactly the sort of response that you wanted to get from some of those top players to certainly to make things happen in the offensive zone. I mean, obviously they were chasing the puck a lot in their own end, but when they did have it, they seemed to be more dangerous and more committed to doing the things that they need to do to pop a goal or two because that those have been in short supply over the course of the last couple of weeks. They
3: have. And, you know, we've seen this Jets team often kind of tiptoe out of the starting gate and, you know, almost let the other team dictate, OK, how's this game going to be played? I thought last night the Jets came out with a clear plan. Uh, and and part of that was to be physical, not something we maybe talk about with this team. But Hus, I think it was the first, the very first shift, Neil Pionk, takes a huge run. I forget which ranger it was. And he, he more or less missed him, but that was like, okay, um, that's interesting. Uh, it was like the, uh, well, you call him the Pionky Tonk man. It was like watching the honky tonk man go for the guitar smash, kind of right (laughs) off the hop. Um, and then Brendan Dillon, uh, he tried to truck a guy like the next shift. And of course, then there was Sam Gagne, dropping the gloves with Vincent Trocheck. Now, hus, the only thing more surprising than watching Sam Gagne fight was looking up to see how many career fights he has. Can you guess? 2? 11. Really? He fought I, I guess believe, he's played a
0: thousand games,
3: so <laughs> I believe the number was 8 with Edmonton. He fought he fought quite a bit when he was in his younger years with the Oilers, I'm, I'm not sure why. He was a guy that was an extremely high draft pick, you know, brought in for offense. But, yeah, I honestly, I, I'm with you. I, I think I turned to Kenny Weeb. I said, is that his first, second? And Kenny started looking it up, and he's like, oh, my God, that's his 11th fight. I don't think he's had one for a while, though. But, you he know... He did the, do, too, do too badly. I mean, no. as
0: shocked as we were to see him, he actually got checked down. The funny enough thing, this. Trocek had gotten trucked by, I believe Morgan, it was Morgan Barron. And, and I, then I guess he turned around and hey, Sam Gagne was able to uh, able to answer it. And I mean, those were good signs. Unfortunately, it really didn't translate into any caring of the play for the most part at all last night.
3: No, it didn't. Now, the shot clock, like, I, I, and Connor Hellebuck himself said this after the game, that, you know, some of the shots were from the outside and that, but... There was also a hell of a lot from in tight. And in fact, I saw a stat that was thrown out. Um, well, this think, was
0: Mike Kelly coming back yeah. to me on my tweet after Hellebuck with this hilarious comment to Rennie after the game on the broadcast, quote, pretty routine night. I'm yeah. not sure whether he was saying that like with a straight face to joke or whether that was just Hellebuck being Hellebuck. But not only did he make 50 saves, 30 slot shots, 29 saves from the slot, which were both league highs all season long.
3: Yeah. And, you know, I saw another stat this morning. I think this was from Sports SportsLogique that uh, um, Hellebuck had. Let me just look it up here. I believe it was 4.74 goals saved above expected goals. And that's the second highest um, number Even higher than that game in Vegas earlier in the year, which I think we thought was one of Hellebuck's finest of his career. Only Connor Ingram's uh, bizarre 47-save shutout against Tampa last week from Arizona uh, was was a higher number. But, yeah, so the the underlying stats tell you – there it is, 4.87. The underlying stats tell you that this was not a routine night at the office at all and that the Jets – the Jets of New gave. They look like the Jets of old at times. Like this was this was similar to that game in San Jose a few seasons ago, where Hellebuck went in and kind of single handedly stole a win. That being said, I don't want to discount the fact that his teammates did score four times against another one of the best goalies on the planet. Like this was not some third string AHL call up scrub.
0: Yeah, it wasn't even Jarl Halak, the backup. No, no, it's no. Shesterkin.
3: This was Igor Shesterkin, and the Jets, I think, only had 21 shots, was it? Something like that. Uh, but they beat him clean four times. And again, it goes to, like, the Jets have game breakers. They have elite finishers on their team. Um, and it's interesting, the, the three guys who scored the four goals last night, Haas, that's Winnipeg's three... Top goal scorers, and they all lit the lamp, and so on a night when not a whole lot else was happening, the fact that they were so advantageous, and Connor Hellebuck was standing on his head, uh, you know, added up, and and you get two points. I just don't think. And Pierre-Luc Dubois told me this right after the game. He said, "As good as Connor Hellebuck is." We can't expect him to save us like that every night. It, it basically saying this is not sustainable. Um, and so they recognize that nobody's apologizing for the win. At the same time, the Jets, they need to be a lot better. And that'll start, will potentially start tomorrow night uh, against the Islanders.
0: Well, they desperately needed two points though. I mean, I think they that sure was did. part of the, uh, you know, the 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 joy and Rick bonus in the room afterwards. Um, along with congratulating Josh Morrissey on being the uh, Jets 2.0 point leader of all time, or I guess franchise leader if you want. It's so weird the way, you know, we put a Dale Howard-Chuck Hel- Hel- H- says hi. Yeah, no doubt, and Dave Babbage too. But listen, I mean, there's still a long ways to go, and uh, Josh Morrissey is going to get up oh. into that stratosphere of the best yes. seasons for a defenseman regardless of era in winnipeg jets history can i
3: just say something how funny it, it was almost becoming comical josh morrissey was awarded an assist last thursday in in columbus which we thought was the franchise point and then it got taken away a few minutes later then sunday in new jersey he was an awarded an assist we thought that was the franchise point that gets taken away and then last night he scores the goal. So you're like, okay, well, that's not going to change. Although he had a good line after the game saying, you know, he wondered if it was offside or goalie interference or something. (laughs) Um, But it ultimately did get changed because his goal turned into an assist, but at least he still gets the point. Just a little bit of, of behind the scenes comedy. So I was sitting up in the booth all three nights next to some of the Jets social media folks. They had the whole thing ready to go. Like the Josh Morrissey. I think it was like a Pac-Man kind of high score theme that they had pre-packaged. So they're waiting to pull the trigger on that. And like all these false alarms, they were ready to go. And then they, they pulled it back at the last second. So last night when that goal goes in, I turn to them, I'm like, okay, you're safe now. Like that's not coming back. Um, the goal turned into a primary assist, but yeah, it was only a matter of time. And, you know, again, Josh Morrissey, even when he's not putting up points and he's put up so many this year, he's just doing all the right things. I think defensively as well. And the jets have needed that big time.
0: Mike, uh, one of the other things that's happened during a bit of a power outage over uh, for the jets, i um, going into last night's game was an incredibly stagnant power play and yeah. really no depth scoring. And even the top couple lines weren't scoring, which led to, let's just call them some of the more interesting line combos we've seen all year in New Jersey Um, and two very different power play units, neither of which did very much at all. What, what did you make of the way bonus set his team up after the Columbus game in a game where they did get plenty of grade eight chances, they just didn't score on any of them. Right. Um, And then obviously significant changes again, the day later going into uh, MSG last night.
3: So I took it this way, Huss. Rick Bonus, you know, and you can almost, the, the comments he made yesterday about if you're not prepared to work the way we need you to work, um, I think you can back that up. And his mindset was this, I can't just put all my skilled guys together because right now they're not working the way we need them to work. Now we've got these bottom six guys, they're working the way we need them to work, but they have absolutely no finish so i've got to mix them up i've got to put i've got to put a worker bee with with some skill and hope that that creates you know the perfect line that that the work the work ethic rubs off on the skill guys and that it it allows for some success that they just weren't having now it was pretty short-lived because the cole perfetti injury in the jersey game again prompted line changes so we we couldn't really see how long that was maybe going to last you know would rick bonus have stuck with those lines for multiple games or was that just kind of a really quick send a message hope they get the message and then go back to the way you had it now last night the power play units were kind of back to the way they had been and again part of that is because now cole perfetti was out so they kind of loaded up the top unit, um, you know, putting like the Dubois and the Eilers back there, and so and they get the goal, which you know they needed. That was the first goal of the game, Open the scoring. Uh, I think that was the only chance the Jets got. If I, I don't think they had a second power play last night. So extremely small sample size, one for one, um, but I suspect that they now have earned enough rope from the coach that uh, they'll at least go. That's how they'll start tomorrow night against the Islanders. As for the lines, I mean, we don't know how long Cole Perfetti is going to be. Well, let's out.
0: talk about that because yeah. it was a little strange. And I mean, I wasn't paying too much attention on the off day um, on what had been happening during the day. And I know there wasn't a morning skate. Rick Bonus was speaking just before the game. Um, you turn it on. You're kind of like figuring out, okay, wait a second, who's out? And it was Perfetti, and I wasn't sure that maybe he was just scratched. Now, apparently, he is hurt. But, I mean, he was there on the ice in the final minute of the jersey game getting blown by. Yeah, Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, listen, we are not picking on Cole. I mean, it's, you know, blazing speed is not, you know, his number one asset. Um, And who knows, maybe it makes a little more sense that if he was dealing with something, he was, you know, he had a tough time even getting up to his top speed. But what do we know about the Perfetti injury?
3: I get the sense there's some real concern around the team about it uh, because this is a guy that, you know, he's already had a, a bit of a troubling injury history. You know, he, he he hurt his shoulder last year. And then while rehabbing from that, he hurts his back. And that ended up kind of shutting him down for the year. Then, of course, just before Christmas this year, he hurts his shoulder again. And if you recall, that was that was an obvious play, right? Uh, he was cut into the net and Jake DeBrus kind of caught him With a pretty big hit net front so we saw that at the time and went oh yeah that's probably not a good good thing whereas against the devils there's no one play that that you can look at and and we we kind of went back and looked um where you can say okay well there's where he got hurt and as you say Haas, he's out there with the jets trying to tie the game in the last minute and the goalie out you know he's one of the six guys on the ice um, but I think it does explain, you know, to a degree why he maybe was was second by a, a great distance on that foot race. I think, number one, he was already out there for a bit, so he's probably gassed. Uh, but secondly, he was in some pain because Rick Bonus said the injury was not suffered on that final play. Like I, I thought, and I asked him that, I said, you know, I'm thinking maybe he did he exert himself in a way like trying to now catch Dawson Mercer as he went by him, you know, and reach or something, and no, Rick Bonus said it was actually earlier in the game, um, but didn't point to anything specific. So I just got the sense, you know, Kenny Weeb asked specifically, is this related to his previous shoulder issue, and Rick Bonus wouldn't answer that, which. I mean, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but if the if if they knew conclusively that it wasn't, I would think you would just say, "Well, no, no, it's not," and put that to bed. Um, now, I saw Cole Perfetti last night at Madison Square Garden after the game. Um, you know, with his teammate, with the, with the other guys that didn't play around the room, um, and but I can't tell you anything about how he looked. He was wearing a jacket, so I mean, I, I don't know if he had a brace. Was his or arm
0: was, coming out of the jacket. It,
3: I can, I can tell you hus he had both arms. Okay. So no um,
0: sling or anything like no. that. Uh,
3: but whether there was something underneath, I mean I, I don't know. Um so the jets are off today, so we won't get an update. They will have a morning skate tomorrow and uh, I, I'm I mean when Rick Bonus said we need further evaluation, I took that to un- to mean well that probably is going to happen back in Winnipeg after the road trip. But then I said to Rick Bonus so does that mean he's for sure out Wednesday? And Rick just said, pending further evaluation, he just kind of kept repeating himself. Did he drop a will see on he you. Did, he did. drop a will see. That's his favorite. Uh, that's his favorite saying of all, for sure. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, is there a chance Cole Perfetti's on the ice tomorrow morning? For morning, I guess we'll see. But uh, I'm, I'd be surprised personally if that was the case. Let's just hope that it's not something significant because, you know, it's well-documented. The Jets at one point had seven guys on the injured list. Now they're down to one, and that's David Gustafson, um, who at this point, you know, is, he's a bottom-line depth guy. But Cole Perfetti is a top-six player right now on this roster. He just scored on on Sunday. You know, he's among the rookie scoring leaders in the league. It would be a shame to have kind of a second straight season derailed by injuries um I think everybody breathed a sigh of relief when when Nikolai Ehlers was good to go because we didn't know you know he left Sunday's game and looked like he hit his head on the ice um so it was kind of the the good news bad news situation from Rick Bonus. good news is yeah Ehlers is fine he'll play but then boom out of left field comes news that Perfetti's
0: out Uh, Mike McIntyre with us from New York City. By the way, we're pushing 400 in the chat right now. Great to see everyone out here. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that red subscribe button and uh, get the latest Winnipeg Sports Talk content whenever you jump on YouTube. We're live Monday to Friday between 1 and 3 p.m. Central. Um, And make sure to subscribe to the audio podcast as well, wherever you get your favorite pods so you've got the audio fresh just in time for the ride home if you're not able to join us on YouTube. Um, Mike it hasn't been a nice uh, great run for the Jets Um, we are coming but we're 10 days away from the NHL trade deadline what do you think the recent play of the hockey club has said to general manager Kevin shovel and uh, maybe further to that I know you've been talking to people around the league the guys there I mean uh, where are you at right now on what the Jets and Chevy in particular, are going to be trying to do over the course of the next 10 days to help their chances of, um, you know, being a significant player come postseason? Well, two
3: thoughts, Hust. I I still haven't budged at all from my position. In fact, I'll double, triple, quadruple down on it. The Jets need to be in win-now mode. Um, And I, I just filed my column for tomorrow's Free Press talking a lot about Connor Hellebuck, but last night shows why Connor Hellebuck is is all world. He's he's arguably the best in on the planet at what he does. To me, and he, and he's a pending UFA in in a year and a half from now. All Connor Hellebuck wants to do is win. What kind of message would you be sending to Connor Hellebuck if you don't get aggressive? The Jets right now are one One point out of first in the Central and one point out of first in the West. They're 24, 8, and 1 within their own conference. They have every possibility to win one, two, maybe three playoff rounds based on what we've seen this year. But based on what we've seen over the last few weeks, you know, there's now six and seven in their last 13, very pedestrian. Kevin Sheveldayoff should have all the evidence he wants and needs to see that he can't just go to the playoffs with the status quo. Yeah, this group has done some great things, some really surprising things, but they need some help. And we're seeing, you know, cracks in the foundation, but that being said, they are still in a tremendous spot with a tremendous opportunity. So to me, if anything, these last run of games should almost increase the urgency to do something and to try and do something big, to swing for the fences, because there is there is no dominant team in the West. There really isn't. Uh, Car- Colorado's probably the only team that scares me right now. But now with Kale McCarr, I mean, we don't know what his prognosis is. And an Avalanche team without Makar is not nearly the same team. They're still dangerous, yes, but I just think the West is so wide open that Kevin Sheveldayoff needs to, and and not just because of the opportunity now, but also the message that it would send. If they want to lock Connor Halibut up long-term, if they want him to stay here, you better show him then why it's worth sticking around. When you have the opportunity, when when the ball is sitting on the tee like it is right now, you got to take a swing.
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I, listen, I'm with you on that. We've been kind of talking that way for the last month or so, really dating back to around the new year when you'd realize just where the team was in the position they were, as well as the landscape of the West. Right. Kind of bizarre that the Jets took on a very good Rangers team. I mean, I don't want to diminish what they have done. They're, what, sixth in the East? They'd be first in the West right, right now. And yeah. that just speaks to the opportunity that is there. Um, So assuming that Kevin is going to be aggressive, trying to, you know, fill a few holes and improve his hockey club, obviously we spent a lot of time talking about Timo Meyer. It'll be interesting to see whether the Winnipeg Jets can... You know put forth an offer and something that hadn't come out and I brought this up on the show last week just sort of musing it Mike you know is Cole Perfetti untouchable and you know depending on who we talked to it said well probably he's a guy he's a big part of the future that's a name we started to hear from Kiprios and a couple of other people over the course of the weekend um Interested in your thoughts on what it's going to take to get Meyer out of San Jose if the Jets are going to be the winning bidder, but also where else Kevin Sheveldayoff is in all likelihood going to be focusing um, some additions when it comes to getting his team uh, as good as he can possibly get it for a run to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and I mean,
3: look, I, I don't think any anything should be overlooked i'd be i'd be reluctant to move a player like cole perfetti unless you knew and kind of had it in the in the back pocket an extension with with a timo meyer right like as long as you're not talking a pure rental if you're talking about a a, you know obtaining a guy of his caliber and then locking him up to a long-term extension then yes that absolutely should be considered. Like I don't know that there should be any such thing as an untouchable young prospect. So we've talked about Hanela, we've talked about Lucius and Lambert, and even McGrory. Um, we've talked about the first round draft pick. Like all of that should be in play. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount Cole Perfetti yes, you'd be deleting something off your active roster. And I think Kevin Chavalev would probably be loathe to do that. If he wants to add, he probably wants to do it without taking away from what he already has. So you would be doing that. But again, is Timo Meyer light years ahead of Cole Perfetti in terms of where those two players are right now? Absolutely. And if you are now guaranteeing that you're having a Timo Meyer for the next seven or eight years then, yeah, it would pain you to lose what Cole Perfetti might become. But again, it goes back to the idea that you have to live in the here and now. And I got to think that if you're Connor Hellebuck or even Pierre-Luc Dubois or Mark Shifley, who are also UFAs in a year and a half, you would like that message that is being sent that, hey, we're going to do everything we can to try and, and win a cup here. So... Yeah, it's interesting, right? I mean, Meyer's name continues to just swirl. Um, the team that we just saw Sunday night, there's a. I can tell you, being in Newark, there is a lot of talk, a lot of buzz, especially after the Devils have seen, you know, the Rangers get Tarasenko, um, the Islanders, although they may not even make the playoffs, but they get Bo Horvat. Like, it almost feels like there's a keeping up with the Joneses mentality in New New Jersey, a bit of an inferiority complex that, well, we better do something as well. So, you know, uh, Kenny, we called it the Timo Meyer Bowl the other day when it was the Jets and the Devils playing each other. And, hey, the Devils won, so maybe the Jets are the team that needs Meyer more than New Jersey. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. We've seen a couple names come off the board, names that – I just wrote a column late last week. I had like Ryan O'Reilly on it. Well, he get, got traded a few hours after I filed it. Um, and Jonathan Tay is a guy that you and I and others have talked about Hus. Obviously, that's not happening now. And best wishes to Captain Sirius, who's now in a, a serious battle again with long COVID and respiratory illness. So it sounds like his season is done. His career may be done. So, obviously, that's not going to happen. But there are still names out there that I think, if you're the Jets, in addition or, or in lieu of Meyer, um, that, that you got to be looking at.
0: You know, just quickly, Mike, before we go, I mean, we spoke, talked a lot about Meyer, which is a primo, top end offensive player that can help your top six. We've certainly talked about helping out the blue line. Um, one name that is very intriguing to me, and I just saw Ticona Napoli drop it in the chat. Is Tanner Jeannot from oh. the Nashville Predators? And when I heard reports at a Nashville that they would be considering potentially moving off of Jeannot, who is an RFA after this season, um, that would be a guy that I. Th- again, it doesn't solve all your problems. I mean, you still would like to add into the top six, but when you think about what's lacking right now in this club, and something that Rick Bonus has talked about—the passion, emotion, physicality. I mean, man, that is a guy that ticks all the boxes when it comes to another one of the Jets' needs, if you ask me.
3: I I watched Tanner Janot. You know, I think the Jets played Nashville early last season, and that was Janot's rookie season. And I didn't know much about the guy. He I couldn't take my eyes off of him in that game. And I I every time I turn a Nashville game on, I notice him. I am the... At least the Winnipeg chapter president of the Tanner Janot fan club has, um, uh, in fact,
0: guys 24 like Kenny, Goals last year.
3: Yeah, Kenny Weeb and Scott Billick. They'll send me updates on Jannett and say like, "Your boy Janot just did this <laughs> or whatever." I love Tanner Jannett and agreed. If the Predators are really thinking of moving him, um, the Jets should be all over that. Uh, he he is the kind of player they desperately could use and they don't have anything like it. Uh, so for sure. I mean, he's coming out of his ELC. Um, so he's obviously due for a pay raise. Now he is having, you know, he had that, that tremendous rookie year last year. He's having a very down year compared. He's only got five goals this year. Buy low, buy low. Well, for sure. I mean, if anything that has brought his, his contract price down a bit, but again, I just think, there's so much to love about this player. And Huss, he's a good, good Western Canadian boy from Saskatchewan, from Estevan. you know, has the size, plays, physical. Just ask Nate Schmidt about that because I think, he, isn't guy. he the guy that wrecks oh, Schmidt's? Uh, that,
0: yes, that would be Tanner general.
3: Yeah, so uh, he'd probably have to have a, a quick apology there when he entered the room. But no, I, I just think he's the kind of player they absolutely could use. And my goodness, He's the kind of player you really could use in a a playoff run.
0: Hey, quick one uh, before we go. I know I've said this a couple times, but I did want to get this. Circling back to Connor Hellebuck, how brilliant he was. Good on Rick Bonus for realizing the importance of last game and uh, going with Hellebuck when they have it normally in back-to-backs this year, it paid off big time. Um, He's hot right now. (laughs) You got to think that he's going to play again tomorrow. How do you think this shakes out? with the Islanders tomorrow, the Friday game against the Avalanche, a massive game at home, yeah. and then an afternoon game against the Abs. And I mean, I've called him Mr. Matinee for a long time because he has been unbelievable in afternoon games. Might we see a big run of Connor Hellebuck before back-to-backs the following week for Big Save Dave?
3: I think we will, Hus. Um, And keep in mind now it wasn't maybe the kind of rest he would have liked, uh, but he was sick last week and he missed, he missed what was probably going to be two starts. Um, I suspect he would have been in the net against Seattle and he would have been in the net against Columbus. And then he would have played, you know, one of the back-to-backs that, that was probably the original plan when he missed those two starts due to illness. um, You know, I think they then reassessed and now they're making, making up some lost games, if you will. So, I fully expect he's in against the Islanders tomorrow. There's no chance he's he's sitting against Colorado. Um, you're right, the afternoon game, you know, that's a quick turnaround. I'll, I'll say this, it's kind of interesting, Huss. The Jets, I don't know how much they consult with like sleep doctors as some teams do, but the Jets are doing something a little different when this road trip ends tomorrow night. Normally after an Eastern swing, especially with gaining the hour by flying back home, The Jets would just charter home immediately after the game. Uh, They're not. They're actually spending another night in New York. They'll fly home Thursday, um, and then they'll get ready to play the – they won't skate Thursday. They'll play the abs Friday. But I imagine that this is based on some belief that that it's better to kind of get a a good night's sleep Wednesday as opposed to getting home in the middle of the night – and then guys, you know, they've been away for like eight days. So then they're going to have all kinds of family commitments and whatnot. My guess is that this is the way they're trying to maximize rest. And I guess we'll see on Friday night against Colorado whether it was the best decision. But yeah, I mean, Connor Hellebuck, uh, he says he's raring to go. And we know this is a guy who's extremely motivated. So I think you run Hellebuck for the foreseeable future. Really, the Jets probably can't afford not to at this point.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm with you on that and expect to see him tomorrow. Wouldn't be surprised to see Rick bonus roll with a guy that, uh, put a team on his back last night to get a desperately needed two points in the standings. Mike, thanks so much. Enjoy the show tonight. and The rest of your time at NYC, uh, we'll look forward to uh, the great work you and the guys are there. I mean, I think a lot of fans are very appreciative that you guys are there boots on the ground with the hockey club. And, uh, As I say, keep it up. We'll look forward to all of your reporting in the Winnipeg Free Press, and uh, hopefully have another fired-up chat room on uh, Thursday after uh, the Jets, see if they can squeeze a 500 record out of a road trip that did not start very well.
3: For sure, Huss. Enjoy the rest of the week.
0: Thanks. Thanks so much. There's Mike McIntyre. Make sure you're following him on Twitter and checking out all of his work on the road with the Jets in the pages of the Winnipeg Free Press. All right, Uh, coming up, a little later on, Kenny Lawler's up next. We'll give you a Scotty's update. Lots of good things happening for some of the Manitoba ranks out in Kamloops. And tomorrow, folks, uh, our pal Reed Carruthers is going to join us. Reed, of course, is coaching the undefeated Carrie Anerson rink. And of course, Reed's got a big date at the Briar in a couple weeks as well. So, you curling fans, don't miss tomorrow's show for that. And of course, whenever we're talking curling on this program, We're doing it, and bombers for that matter, we're doing it for our friends at Princess Auto, the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them at one of two Winnipeg locations, Portage Avenue West or Panit Road, and you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. You know, I was feeling quite ill over the last couple days, Nothing helps you get back to feeling better than a lot of water. And when we're talking water, you, of course, know that the Culligan experts have been family-owned and the go-to people for water products and services in Winnipeg for over 65 years. They've got everything you and your family need. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems, not to mention citywide water delivery services, and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Pop by and see them at 1200 Sargent Avenue. Give them a call at 694-5180 or check out everything they've got waiting for you and your family online at drinkculligan.com. And a big cheers to our friends at Canadian Club. we got Kenny Lawler coming up right away. Cannot wait to hoist a few cc and gingers and maybe a couple cocktails by the Rum Hut when the Blue Bombers get going and try and get back to the gray cup and win it this year a lot of excitement around the team of course canadian clubs the official spirit of the winnipeg blue bombers available throughout ig field and at your local manitoba liquor marts all right let's get to it kenny lawler now on wsd kenny what is up man welcome to winnipeg sports Talk and congrats on the deal to come back to winnipeg how are
5: you i'm good i'm good thank you i'm just uh here home base in uh edmonton uh me and my family and uh Man, just uh, trying to stay warm. Well, uh,
0: yeah. Listen, you're uh, you're not the only one. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> Edmonton, Winnipeg. It's February. We know what it's like, but things are going to heat up once uh, the Bombers are back at Ig Field oh, with you, you in know. number eighty nine. Uh, tell us how this all came about. Um, you know, obviously had a great season in Edmonton when uh, you were in. Obviously, a team. The team was in a bit of a different stage where the Bombers were. Um, what was behind the uh, the return to the blue and gold?
5: Um, man, the return was just um was just something that it was, it was it, it it had to happen in my eyes, just because I believe I just created something in in Winnipeg to where I like to continue building. One, it's just a great organization. The fans are unbelievable, and uh, that's something I really appreciate and uh, really um um it just it boosts my it boosts my game to where I could come back to a place and um play in such an electrifying stadium uh, such as IG Field. Um it was it was it was a no brainer. Um it was just more so about the deal, um, stability. Um, you know, and um, you know, once they offered that, they offered the first deal and it was just it, it was it was such a great deal. There was no need to, you know, rebuttal or, you know, uh counter or anything like that. So yeah uh once they once they once they got it over i just was just couldn't wait to sign it
0: you know listen no one begrudged you for leaving because of what was on the table from the edmonton elks last year we know how short professional football careers are and you always have to do what's best for your family but how hard was it to leave winnipeg last
5: season it, it was hard it was hard because um you know i'm uh i try to be a man of my word always and um one thing i told coach shay and uh, you know the exit meeting at the end of the season was um i want to be a bomber for the rest of my life and uh, you know and uh, he was like I'm, I'm we'll see we'll see how things go but um i'm pretty sure you know we, we we were able to make it happen and so on and so forth and um can't can't remember his exact words but um man going into the negotiations that year it was just it 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 was hard and you know um my agent had to do a lot of talk with me saying that you know it's like um you're going you're going to have to get over it but you know you're doing the best decision that's you know for your family and that was that was the number one thing going into negotiations as it is uh every negotiation so um it 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 was tough man it was tough but um i'm just i'm just excited to be back man I'm just...
0: there was there was some talk last year kind of as we got towards the trade deadline that the bombers were sniffing around maybe making this return happen during last season then I believe you got hurt for a few games and it sort of was were you aware of that at all I mean was that just bad luck or is that something you sort of found out afterwards and said well we're not gonna we're not gonna need to get to that point we're gonna get something done in the off season
5: yeah and uh, so I found out. I want to say three days after my uh, collarbone, and um, it was just devastating news to me because um, I know um, what it would have meant to me to be back in that in that locker room. Um, it, it was just it was just like, damn, you know. One, I know I'm not going to be able to play football for for a little bit, but it was just like the opportunity of being back in that locker room, playing for a great Cup um would have been it would it it, would have been like the uh it would have been the greatest reunion um there's there's no really words to put it there everyone knows how much i love winnipeg um the fans organization so um yeah it was just it was just one of those things that was just very devastating to me at the time and it was uh it was kind of hard to get over um but you know what it happened that's the sport we play um and i have a you know I had to realize that in order to get over this injury to be uh, successful in uh, my return. And, um, yeah.
0: Well, you know, I've got to ask you about last season, though. I mean, you went there as the highest paid receiver in the league, a lot of pressure on it. But, I mean, this was a rebuilding team that went through a number of quarterbacks. um, But you were still very productive. Um, When you look back, and I mean, you did a really nice Instagram post to the people in the city of Edmonton for your time there. How will you look back on last season with the Elks?
5: man um as a as a lot of lessons um you know um because we took a lot of losses but you know um i just i just treat those as lessons man um i i learned a lot about myself i've learned you know about you know the, the type of person i want to be and um the type of teammate that i want to be how to you know bring people with you um and um man, this, this, that leadership role that, you know, I learned that I won, learned it in Winnipeg, learning from all, you know, the, the vets on that team, but I was able to carry that over to Edmonton. And uh, from there, it, it was kind of like, I had to take on that role. And um that's, that's, that's the, that's the biggest thing. Um, the city was great. Uh, the people here were great. Um, I made some great, great uh, relationships and um man that's gonna be you know another hard thing to uh to uh you know leave and you know my son he he made so many friends here and the the school has been great with him that was such a blessing but um you know um it's it's on to new beginnings i believe and um and it's, it's just going to be—it's just going to be great in Winnipeg. Um, well,
0: there's certainly no unknowns for you. I mean, you know who you're coming back to play for. You know the majority of the personnel. You certainly know the coaching staff, and yeah. you know the city and the fan base. And I'm sure that's why that. <laughs> Reunion feels that much better. How much did you pay attention to the Bombers last year? Because I mean, you were going to a very different situation. You left a two-time yeah. Grey Cup champ to a team that certainly didn't have those same expectations. Was it? Uh, did you watch a lot of Bomber football last year? And was it tough when uh, when you guys
5: were struggling the way you were? I did, and um, you know, having my family here, but then also um, looking, you know, at all the guys that I know that I came up with. And uh, watching them have success, it was, it it was, it it was meaningful. Um, I believe, you know, I contribute it to a little bit of, you know, the success that's uh, been on that team and, you know, the relationships and the bonds that I've created on that team is just going to go further than, you know, my football career is going to be a life thing. So, man, when I was watching the guys, I was just like, man, man, they're out there handling business. I, I, I know the mentality of the team. So it's just, it's just fun watching it, you know, and, uh, um, yeah, it was sad, you know, not being a part of it, um, uh, being on the opposite side. Um, but it's just it's just, you know, you have so much love, love for your brothers that, you know, you just wish the best for them. And um it was like once we got once we got to the Great Cup, it was like, you know, I felt like I was still a part of the team, you know, and um I took the loss uh I ain't gonna say I took the loss harder than them because they were in it, but you know, I felt I, I felt for them and I felt I felt a loss as well.
0: Well, and and, I mean, I I think it's pretty clear. I mean, from talking to a number of your, uh, now teammates again, over the course of this off season that, um, you know, you have some incredible success. You have this great run as a team. You fall so close, but just short in the, in the great cup game last year, it really does feel like there's somewhat of an unfinished business tour. That's about to get rolling here in a couple months here in the peg.
5: Oh man. Yeah. It's, It's definitely unfinished business. You know, um, the three P should have been ours. Um, you know, you just like you uh, came came just a little bit too close. But uh, you know, hats off to Toronto. They played a great game as well. But uh, man, that's just what's that's just what's fueling me, man. I feel I feel I feel the fire right under us. That's gonna, you know, propel us. We got a we got a lot of guys back. Um, I feel like the team is just better, and you know, it's, it's just gonna be a revenge tour. Um, that's how I'm taking it. I lost majority of my games last year. So I'm just looking to go out and just, you know, take it week by week, you know, practice by practice um, and just go out there and just, just, just whoop up on everybody, man. And, um, you know, that's um, something that, you know, we're not, we're, we're, we're used to doing in the peg. and, um, it, you know, it starts with, you know, just, just the, the time we put in the work we put in, because that's where it really starts, man. It starts about how, how hard you're working with your guys and, you know, what you're doing it for. And um, you know that's all the, the the fire we need, and you know just this added you know revenge tour, unfinished business. I really believe there's unfinished business. I'm the truest competitor. I'm the number one competitor in the in the league. That's what I believe. Like practice, um, anything, games, um, especially um, you know when we touch foot on touch a um, touch game day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm coming for it all, and uh, that's what it. That's exactly what it's going to be.
0: Kenny Lawler's with us back in blue and gold, and back on Winnipeg Sports Talk. What was the What was the month for you like uh, leading into free agency? Uh, man, I'm sure you were paying attention to what was happening around the league, especially here in Winnipeg. You know, the big boys on the offensive line are back. Adam Big Hill's back. Stanley Bryant, Jackson, Jeffcoat, Nick Demsky resigns. Um, did, was it pretty darn clear that you knew that this was the place that you wanted to be because this team was going to be very, very similar to the one that you and your teammates had your greatest success as pros?
5: Uh, yeah, it was clear as day. It, 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 was, it was clear as light to come here, man. Um, one thing about the CFL, I always tell people, it reminds me so much of uh, high school football to when you really, you know, not paying attention to the business side. We still have to pay attention because we're pros. But then it's just the love of the game you're playing for. You're playing with your brothers. You're playing with guys that you grew up with. And that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like when you step foot in that locker room. And uh, I, you, you've heard it from not just only me, just a number of guys that are in that locker room. And it's it's something special. It's it's very special. I've been saying it, man. It's so special. And I'm telling people, like, once we get done with this run, man, and this, uh, this dynasty to come, they're going to be doing a 30 for 30 on us, man and it's, it's, it's gonna be dope it's, it, it, it's special here
0: <laughs> hey when uh when you signed what uh how how uh, hot was the phone there for a little bit from uh former and now teammates again did you get a lot of uh get a lot of hollers from uh from the fellas uh in the bomber dressing room saying welcome back
5: yeah i got i got a lot of messages uh the guys you know they're open arms like man can't wait to get after it man and that's 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 what it's about man it's about you know getting after it with guys that you know that enjoy your company you know guys that you love man and um man the phone the phone was blowing up there's all all sorts of people family you know friends um current bombers and um yeah yeah the phone the phone was hot i had to you know drop it for a little bit it was so hot (laughs)
0: So um, Edmonton actually is home base for you right now. We're talking to you from Edmonton. Um, Listen, it's been a great spot for you, but you're coming back to Winnipeg. How does the uh, what does life look like for the Lawler family over the next couple months before uh, you got to get here to camp and uh, get ready to get back to that Grey Cup?
5: Oh man, so uh, life over here, you know, son goes to school. Um, Life for me, um, we're just continuing to work, work out every day. Um, then, uh, you know, as soon as, you know, I'm gonna be leaving first, my son's in school till about, I want to say the last weeks of June on the uh, third or fourth week of June. So, um, they'll be getting out after and, um, man, just, uh, just, uh, preparing to make the transition really, um, transition from Edmonton to Winnipeg and, uh, it's going to be smooth. We got a big support system there in Winnipeg that, you know, um, just love to help and oh. uh, it's great.
0: You know, I mean, uh, listen. You're obviously uh, a professional athlete. You're taking care of yourself and getting ready for the season, uh, but you've also got another job. How's uh, How's dad life treating you, Kenny?
5: Oh man, it's been great. It's been great. This is actually the uh, the first time they've actually been up here, and uh, you know, being able to see uh, my family every day that was a that was a blessing. Just because, um, quite frankly, it didn't go as I planned on it here in Edmonton football wise and um, it was just always great to come here and you know be able to decompress and you know have that that, that love here in the in the household to where um, I'm not really always focusing on football and you know I'm not focusing on other things and um, I'm more so just just here here in the day um, and uh, I get to, I get to see my son go to school every day. I get to see how he progresses. Um, it was it was hard last uh, couple seasons not being being away from them just because um, I don't get to see those things I don't get to see those things on the daily um, you know what I mean and um, it's just it just it just means a lot more that they're able to be here and then now that they're able to come to Winnipeg they uh, they're gonna see you know why I love it so much and why it's such a special place.
0: Hey, uh, I wanted to ask you about Coach O'Shea. Um you, you played for a lot of coaches. Um what makes him so special and did you talk to him after you resigned or or signed to come back to Winnipeg and uh, what was that one like?
5: Yeah, oh, yeah. Coach one one, Coach O'Shea is an unbelievable coach. Um great guy and um I think that's what makes him a great coach because he's a great guy. Um you know what I mean? Um he understands his player. He's a been in certain situations to where he knows how to relate to guys. Um When he comes to you, he's always going to come and talk to you with the respect, with the, with the respect factor first being first. And, um, you know, and then, um, you know, he's just, he's just, he's just a great guy to be around. Um, we get after it, we win. And it's just, it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun. And that's what he promotes. And, um, it's just family it's 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 really family um that's what makes him a great guy he understands that and he understands you know how to incorporate that into winning
0: well i mean there's nothing more fun than winning and uh the winnipeg blue (laughs) bombers have done a hell of a lot of that over the last few seasons (laughs) and i know they're planning to do it more um what uh i know you've heard from plenty of bomber fans on social media since the announcement but uh what is the message from Kenny Lawler to the fans of the Blue and Gold before you get back to Winnipeg to try to get this season going?
5: Man, I believe the message is just, uh, unfinished business. No, you know, you know uh, I feel like we left a lot out there um, in a uh, twenty. What was it, twenty-two? Um, I know, falling a little short, and it's just unfinished business. Come today, every word—that's what you guys are going to get out of us, man. You're going to get out. You're going to get hundred and ten percent. If not more, and um, you know, we're passionate to bring the cup where it belongs. It belongs in the city of Winnipeg, and uh, quite and you know, that's what's gonna happen. That's what you know. I want the fans to expect. That's what I expect of myself and my teammates, and I know that's what they expect for themselves as well. And um, you know, we're gonna go out there and we're gonna go out there and accomplish this. That.
0: Well, Kenny, I can tell you that uh, the Winnipeg Sports Talk chat was uh, on fire when it became apparent that you were coming back. People are really excited both for you and just to get this football team back on the field and to get the crazies there in IG Field turning it up for uh, in support of the Blue Bombers. Thanks so much for doing this. Enjoy the rest of the time in Edmonton. We can't Thank wait you. to see you and the
5: Bombers back
0: in the peg this year. Oh,
5: man, I can't wait to touch down on the peg. You have a great day.
0: Oh, man, great stuff with Kenny Lawler. Cannot wait for Bomber season. And um, pretty cool to hear uh, his outlook at coming back and trying to uh, make up for a lost opportunity in the Grey Cup last year by uh, bringing another championship back to Winnipeg. All right, got to get Remo back in here. We got a few other things to talk about before we get to the cool bet lines. But uh, I hope you had a great long weekend. Lots going on in and around. And uh, I'll tell you what, if your weekend was really good, maybe you had a couple of Winnipeg's favorite local beers, Little Brown Jug in the incomparable 1919. You can pick up 1919 to find bars and restaurants on tap throughout the city. And, of course, the best place to enjoy 1919 and all the Little Brown Jug offerings is down at the brewery and tap room on William Avenue. Don't forget, March 29th, our second winnipeg sports talk trivia night we'll uh, have ticket details probably in the next week or so and uh you'll make sure to get those but save the date right now had so many great wst listeners out last time if you weren't able to make it you missed a good time but your next chance to do it is march 29th down at little brown jug and of course you can pick up the good times variety pack 1919 and more wherever they sell great beer and of course Manitoba Liquor Marts as well. And hey, a big shout out to Nick and Nikki and the Nick and Nikki DQ group. The Flamethrower Burger is back if you like a little kick in your burger. Of course, six new stack burger options at your favorite Nick and Nikki DQ. And of course, all those great Blizzard ice cream treats and more. And of course, you can hit them up on Instagram if you'd like a custom DQ ice cream or Blizzard cake made up for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. All right, let's get Remo back in here. Good stuff with McCarthy and uh, Mike on the hockey tip. And, uh, man, that was a fun
1: chat with Kenny Lawler. He really does seem like he is fired up to get back and put on the blue again. Lots to get here. Yeah, lots to get to here on a Monday, as always, with the Jets You know, games. Kenny Lawler. We had to have a big trade Friday night. I don't know where you were when you saw the O'Reilly trade. I was looking at my phone. I don't know, maybe in the bathroom. I don't. I don't remember. But uh, and you're like, oh, really? Well, what? In the bathroom. Chances are. Chances are. That's your
0: safe space now, as a dad. That's where,
1: as a dad, you get a lot of scrolling done, uh, hustler. You'll. Well, I've definitely learned in the last couple couple of years, but. Um, yeah, Kenny Lawler, so fired up to come to Winnipeg, uh, loves the fans. And I did see some comments in chat being like, the NHL players, uh, felt, uh, like about Winnipeg, like Kenny Lawler does, because we all watched the game last night, Hus, where the panel, you know, brought up how many people, players have no trade clauses uh, with Winnipeg. Well, I don't know, pretty easy to identify them and then not try to trade for them. And then there's a lot of player, good players out there, Hus, who don't have no trade clauses. So I don't. I don't know. I think that issue gets kind of overblown when trying to make trades, but I guess I'm on a bit of a tangent here now. I
0: don't know if it. Is, I mean, in other markets, yeah, but in here, it is reality. I mean, yeah. And I'd love for Chevy to write a book after he's finished, whenever he's done as the general manager, and talk about deals that they tried to do and how many times they tried to acquire a player that it was just a no go. Well, and I mean, listen, it it really affects the competitive balance of the National Hockey League with those now. I'm not sure you can put the toothpaste back in the tube and get a CBA where you limit no trades clauses, Um, but that would help the Winnipeg Jets in a huge, huge way. And, you know, interestingly enough, we talk about the NBA all the time about how how they just make all these deals. Well, part of that is that um, almost no players have no trade clauses. Um, So... But anyways, it is the reality right now, and it certainly makes uh, the job of a general manager in a smaller Canadian market that much more difficult. Listen, before we get to the Scottie's a little golf coming out of the weekend, Reem, let's get to um, just some of the other NHL news and notes. And, I mean, we did talk about some of this with Dave and a little bit with Mike, um, but it sounds like we're getting a couple more guys sitting out. Uh, Luke Shen now added to that list, apparently.
1: Yeah, this is... Um... I'm oh, sorry, the chat's being fired up. We will remember, sorry. I'll mention uh, Nate Schmidt did waive his no-trade clause to come here. And he also vetoed a no-trade, and then Stasny talked him into it. And Stasny also waived his no-trade clause at the, what, at the debt? Didn't he do it twice to come here? Or was it just the one time?
0: Well, the, I'm not sure if he had one in a second deal. Yeah, I don't think he did. Because it was a different contract.
1: I don't think he did. Anyways, uh, Elliot uh, tweeting out Luke Shen. He's added to the list now. Um he could he's sitting tonight. And Rick Dollywall of Donnie and Dolly says uh he talks are heating up and he could thought he could sit. And uh Elliot adds that he's going to. So Chen sitting. We'll see what happens there. Um I think you mentioned this. Frank Valley pointing out uh how the blues are now in the mix for Timo Meyer with all their first round picks. And someone in the chat said, I think blues are tanking. I'm like, I don't think they were ever tanking, they just had UFAs that they need to get value for because they weren't making the playoffs. And now they have all these extra first-round picks. Maybe you can do something. They yeah,
0: they, they're in a great spot right yeah. now. And, I mean, yeah, I heard Frege talk about that as well on 32 Thoughts, is that, I mean, no one expects the St. Louis Blues are going into, a, you know, a multi-year rebuild. Um, they've still got a lot of talent on that team. They've signed Kyrou. They've signed Robert Thomas. I mean, they kind of have that core. Um, but for a player like O'Reilly – that was going to be an unrestricted free agent. He could sign back in St. Louis if they wanted that. They did that before when they traded Keith Kachuk to the Thrashers. They got a first, second, and a third round pick, and then he went and signed right back with them after the season. So listen, it, it it happens. But the fact of the matter is, right now with the three first round picks, they absolutely have the draft capital and the currency to potentially get in on Timo Meyer and You know, while it might not be a trade for this year per se, if they could get him signed to an extension, you know, that might really accelerate the rebuild or the retool, if you will, for the St. Louis Blues. And (laughs) as far as a team that's not retooling at all, um, the Boston Bruins sounds like they're, the team that is uh, most in on uh, Gavrikov, who we haven't seen play in Columbus for the last little bit, as they sit him out, not wanting to damage goods before
1: he's traded. Yeah, as David Pagnot of the fourth period saying that he thinks the blue or the Bruins are in at Gavrikov, so we'll see what happens there. But back to O'Reilly, I don't know if you saw this tweet, hustler, over the weekend from this. I don't know who this is. Thomas Welsh, some guy on Twitter. My coworker's friend plays pickleball with Al McKinnis Told him. Ryan O'Reilly trade was made with the stipulation he'd sign back in the offseason. You didn't hear it from me. So we're at this point of the trade deadline where um, people are just spouting Pickle, off.
0: Pickleball pals are dropping insider yeah, information yeah. on social yeah, media. So
1: take, you know, take, take, make it that way. will. but we're at that stage and, uh, you know, reminding me of the summer where, everything was happening uh, on the Tron's Mil- watch.
0: Dan Milbert in chat, by the way, makes a great, you know, we were just talking about St. Louis and, you know, they're kind of in this Yeah, probably not going to be a playoff team. And uh, says, you know what, the Jets are going to be in this same situation next year. Well, hopefully not out of the playoffs like St. Louis is, but certainly could very well have some players, very good players on expiring contracts. And, um, you know, because of how difficult it is, uh, you know, to acquire free agents, to trade for players. Um, you know, you may have to um, deal some players a little ahead of when you would like to, depending on what it is. Which, uh, which again, just brings everything back to this year, this trade deadline, this season, and this opportunity for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, oh, we've got some. Yes, uh, we've got sh- some Jets PR.
1: Shout out to news. Bailey and Chat who's writing writing this in here. The Jets just tweeted out um, like literally a minute ago. They've placed Cole Perfetti on injured reserve and recalled forward Axel Janssen-Fialbi from the Moose on an emergency basis. So there you have it.
0: Um, Yeah, that is, well, that's concerning. Um, Certainly uh, Perfetti has been, you know, he's an important player on this club as currently constructed. Although I did think that, you know, if they did acquire a Meyer-like player, it may be bumping Cole Perfetti down the lineup. Uh, but as we talked about with Mike, I mean, he's had that shoulder injury before. If it is a shoulder again, certainly concerning for um, a young man that has got a bright future as long as he can stay uh, can stay on the ice. Um, oh, and of course, Vegas has put Mark Stone on LTIR Remo just oh. in time for the trade <laughs> deadline to get a little cap space. And now I will say this stone's back problems are well documented this is not just a fake injury um but i wouldn't put it all past the vegas golden knights to maybe manipulate it a little bit maybe keep him on the shelf a little bit longer just in time for a miraculous recovery of playoff time so he can play with a player like patrick kane who's rumored to be in the mix for vegas
1: yeah, well, I mean, he's had back problems, and I think Vegas is going to take advantage of the situation. Maybe they held him out, hold him out, just to make sure. Huss. you got to make sure he's totally healthy. Don't want to rush him back early, and we saw this with Tampa and Kutrov, where they won the cup with uh, how many million over the cap? They all wore T-shirts about it, we remember. And I mean, what good is a salary cap if you don't have every team trying to figure out ways to uh, get around it? And, and uh, Vegas... Certainly trying to do that. We know how badly Bill Foley wants to win. And I wonder what they're gonna do at the deadline. They've traded away, you know, picks the last couple of years. Um, and I even could they be in on Timo Meyer, or is it a guy like Patrick Kane who says, I want to go to Vegas? Um, you know, that would be a fun if yeah, I don't fun think if you they've went there. Got
0: the, I don't think they've got the currency to get Meyer. No. But you know, Kane, expiring deal you know, the cost will be less. Uh, Wouldn't it all be surprised if that happens? And of course, Kane controls where he can go as well, which again, kind of ties the hands of Kyle Davidson. Um, Listen, we'll be all over this tomorrow. Um, Obviously jets playing the New York Islanders tomorrow, but are basically a daily on a daily basis. We'll have the latest from uh, the trade rumor mill in and around the NHL. Got to give you a quick Scotty's update. What a start for our Manitoba ladies at, our Canadian national championship led by the three-time defending champs, Carrie Anerson and her team representing Canada's defending champ. They are a perfect five and O right now. And second place in pool eight, there is the wildcard team of Caitlin laws at three and one. They'll be playing coming up in just a little bit. We'll actually get to those cool lines in a moment over on the other side. The Queen herself, Jennifer Jones, tied for first with Krista McCarville from Northern Ontario at four and one. Uh, Kelly Galusha of, of the uh, Northwest Territories and Rachel Homan one game back at three and two. And um, uh, listen, it's been some great curling, awesome shots. The uh, next line, uh, next game goes at three thirty. So we'll get to those in the Cool Bet lines right away. And don't forget, Reed Carruthers is going to join us from Kamloops tomorrow. uh, Give us his perspective on uh, Carey's team as well as all the other action there. And a look ahead to the briar for his Princess Auto squad. Um, All right, let's get to it. Cool Bet lines. Promised you we'd get to these. New lock shop today. Dusty and I each with three picks for tonight's hockey slate. But curling this afternoon, Alberta. Minus 278 versus Prince Edward Island. Canada, Carrie Anderson, of course, a huge minus 111 favorite. Minus four and a half rocks on the rock line. Uh, New Brunswick against minus 200 against the other wildcard team. And the Yukon, a big underdog against Manitoba. Manitoba minus 5,000 and a six and a half point favorite little later on tonight, Northwest Territories, New Northern Ontario, Nunavut, Nova Scotia, Quebec, and the Caitlin Laws wildcard rink. And the other wildcard rink, Scheidegger, against Newfoundland and Labrador. As far as hockey goes this evening, we've got a pretty good slate of games. Blues at Hurricanes. Canes minus 340 favorites. Habs at Devils. Devils minus 357. Man, there's some huge favorites tonight. Tampa at home against the Ducks. Minus 505. A little bit more of a reasonable line. The Caps have been struggling lately. They lost in that stadium series game on Saturday night to the Canes. Minus 152. Desperate for a win against the Detroit Red Wings. Leafs and Sabres tonight in Buffalo. We talked to Dave about that one a little later on. I like the over in that one. Six and a half. Uh, Leafs are a minus 176 favorite. And now uh, see if the Kings can do the Jets a favor and win in the Twin Cities against the Minnesota Wild. Minnesota minus 128, Kings plus 109, and the Vancouver Canucks plus 139, Predators minus uh, 165 in the other game. All games starting between 6 o'clock and 7 o'clock tonight, so no West Coast action for you tonight, Remus.
1: Oh man. And actually this, the schedule was it Saturday was so weird. Speaking of West coast schedule where I guess it was because the, of the stadium series game, every game, they had pretty much had every game at nine or nine thirty, And the only game that was also at six was the Leafs game. Nothing can bump the Maple Leafs off that 6 p.m. Saturday game. No, not no, even an outdoor not. game. Well, Nothing it was can bump halves
0: them. too, wasn't it? Right after the O'Reilly trade, I'm sure the, uh, I went yes. out. Actually, we had the Leaf game on one. I watched the Stadium Series game. It was great. I mean, they did an awesome job there at NC State about getting. It was huge tailgating beforehand. A real college atmosphere to that game, and a hell of a crowd and a great, great performance by the Canes. If you haven't played a cool bet before, use the promo code WST. Get a one hundred percent bonus on your first deposit, up to two hundred bucks. And hey, just before we go, John Rom destroying everybody right now is the number one golfer in the world he had a great showdown with max homa to win the genesis live starts this week they didn't get any of the big names um they got mito Pereira, is maybe the biggest name we all remember him for choking on the 18th hole at the pga championship last year but uh remo have you watched any of the full swing on netflix i've watched
1: it um only and i've only seen him Couple of the episodes because my wife keep watching. Is she keeps watching it without me? I How think did your wife get into this? I was she, a little
0: surprised when you told me that. But uh, great call was, by Leah. She possibly. like
1: really wanted to watch it. Um, she used to be an athlete. I think she likes watching about the see, watch about their mindset and their their training. I thought like um, I don't know. I don't think she's like crazy about golf, but she. I don't. Know, she's, it's something you know. It's a show that you can watch, and you don't have to like be. can kind of be doing other stuff you don't have to like be watching it like a hawk but she was very into it um the joel damon episode i think was my favorite
0: oh he is that is yeah yeah, i believe that's episode number four three or four if i'm not mistaken um he is it's just an absolute beauty and and it's neat because i mean you know sometimes you're talking about the big like these incredible superstars he's not that guy Maybe he doesn't have the confidence of some of the top players, but is really beloved and has a great, great story as a cancer survivor himself. And I mean, everyone knows if you're a lock shopper or even just a long time listener, know that I am a, a uh, hardcore member of team, Tony Finau, the Finau episode, which is number six, just goes to show what an incredible dude he is. Great father. And um, maybe the easiest guy to cheer for in sports. So, Highly recommended on that full swing. I still have a couple episodes to go.
1: Yeah, the Justin. I mean, you get to see the behind the scenes of the top players like uh, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth in the first episode. Uh, there's some good Tiger stuff just, you know, on the peripheral. But uh, I'll say about Joel Damon. I remember I think Brian Munns played with him in the, like, Pro-Am here for the Players' Cup. So, you know, I know Tony Fino also played uh, played here too in that tournament. So, you um, know, it's kind of nice to see. And I see when, you know, when we have the tournament coming up in the summer, I believe it's called Manitoba Open now. You're like, oh, yeah, all these guys on the PJ Tour now uh, played in this. So uh, I think there's a
0: good chance I might finish the full swing tonight. I've been somewhat under the weather. It might keep me from gallivanting. So we'll just watch a little hockey and maybe a little bit of that tonight. All right. Jeez, we've gone long. Well, it was a big weekend, so lots to do. Um, but uh, let's get out so we can get these podcasts loaded up for everyone on the way home from work. Thanks to everyone for being with us. If you haven't, make sure you hit that red subscribe button. Join us tomorrow at 1. Get ready for the road trip finale. Big one on Long Island and the Islanders' new rink against Bo Horvat and the Islanders. As the Jets looked to salvage a 500 record after Connor Hellebuck's brilliance last night got their first win of this four-game road trip. Thanks to Dave McCarthy. Big thanks to Mike McIntyre and bomber receiver Kenny Lawler and all the sponsors that make the show happen. Have a great night, everyone. Stay warm. We'll catch you tomorrow for a game day edition of WST. Have a great one. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home.
4: Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.